comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. The world we know is gone. No internet, no GPS, no text messages, no podcasts. In a world ruled by the dead, we are finally forced to start living. Hey everybody, it's uh, Jim here from the Walking Dead TV Podcast. Just wanted to throw out a little uh, uh, editorial note here. We had some technical difficulties on this issue uh, of the podcast, and vocal tracks were uh, foobarred by the computer. So, And there's no part with me. Uh, reading your Facebook reviews of the finale, so I guess we'll address that in a future episode. Uh, so I did the best I could with the uh, tracks I had left, because we had a supersized uh, episode with a lot of uh, old familiar faces on, and uh, I I will see you guys in the next episode, and I hope you enjoy this one. Welcome back to the Walking Dead TV podcast episode 162 and this is a very special episode not just for the finale which we will have a lot to say about but we have all the old members or just about all the old members returned back to talk about this uh, controversial earth-shattering season six finale of The Walking Dead. Uh, This is Russ and brought back from hibernation out of carbonite is Brad Milo (gasps) hey welcome back everybody oh no y'all say that to me (laughs) that's right it's good it's good to be back (laughs) good to have you back uh mr richard chubb told sheldon hello and from uh, now the texans finally outnumber at least in this podcast everybody else uh welcome back jordan from jersey hey how's it going i'm still from jersey i'm just in austin now that's all well, that's true. Jordan in Austin. New name. Done. It doesn't have quite the same <laughs> flow to it. Yes. Now he's just like a weird symbol. I get it. Yeah. It's like an A with a J through it. So we have representation from North Texas, Central Texas, and South Texas. Those are all my favorite parts. Sanity. We don't need to get started with East Texas. Oh, yeah. Or West Texas. Oof. Um,. But yeah, if you haven't guessed by now, that's Mr. Aaron Newworth and Mr. Jim Dietz and Mr. Craig DeMonda. So it is a full house, seven members of the cast. Uh, But we thought it'd be a good idea and everybody was available that we just pull everybody together and record and talk about the finale. Uh, There was obviously a lot to say. Uh, I don't think I've seen so much cursing on the internet in a long time, but it was a nice break from all the cursing that everybody's been doing about Batman versus Superman. So uh, it's it's good to see <laughs> that the sure. internet has something else that they can rally and curse against. Uh, besides that, yeah, that's, you know, uh, I, I expected Aaron to be the one to sneak in the the BVS comment, not you, Russ. Well, you know, it's just it. it the internet has something to has to have something to rail against. So it's just nice that there's been a, a little bit of a change. I'm not really against BVS. I'm, I was mixed on it. <laughs> it's more, it's more, it's more rich yelling <clears throat> against everyone else yelling against um, a BVS. 
Right. Now, I don't know if you, you guys missed this on the DC podcast because this episode didn't get published, but it's really offensive to hear it referred to as BVS because BVS is Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Due respect. Okay, I can right. call it BS. No, be the, I, I can call it BS the movie. Is that better? <laughs> That's fine. Okay, BS the movie. Or BVS DOJ. No, I don't. Biz Dodge? No, I don't like that. Sure. <laughs> I, 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 this is the last or one I say. BVS hyphen colon. Yeah. This is the last I'll have to say about this on, on this show, at least for me, is I read something today that just made me. I, you know, I read stuff on the internet all the time that makes me feel dumber for having read it. Uh, but one of the th- I read I can't even remember the site it's not even worth mentioning but one of their criticisms was the fact that the name had the t- had justice in it and the movie had no justice <laughs> that the concept of justice was not a part of this movie and it went example after example of how there was no justice and I was just like yeah I'm dumber for having read that to um, be fair it's true I mean <laughs> there is no justice in that movie <laughs> yeah, but that's not what they do. Yeah. Let's do this. Uh, we will go, since we haven't heard from, from Brad, uh, Rich, or Jordan for a while, let's just quickly, we'll catch up with Brad first since he's been gone the longest, uh, and just kind of catch up on what have you been up to? What have you been thinking of the show in your absence? Uh, I have thoroughly enjoyed this year. Uh, last year I also enjoyed. Um, there's only There's been very few half season chunks over the last several years that I've not enjoyed but I'm very pleased with uh with seasons 5 and 6 um I liked this episode with the exception of one subplot which was unnecessary but um I've been happy with the show I look forward to it um I'm uh, I wasn't sold on the spin-off show Fear the Walking Dead, but I'll watch it anyway just to get a zombie fix, you know, to keep me tied tied over till uh October, but um I've been happy with it. I was uh especially happy to see Negan. Um as far as I personally uh, what I've been doing the last I guess it might have been 3 years uh since I was on the show regularly. I think I've been on once or twice in various at various times since then, but uh, I've had some crazy work schedules. I had a job that I hated. I've now got a job that I love. It's more of a playtime than a job, so I wish everybody could have one of those types of jobs. It's wonderful. Um, and so now I've kind of got a regular schedule, a semi-regular schedule, and I hope to get back to uh, doing some more recording um, in various forms, and I'm just glad to be here today. I believe the last time you were on the show was for the season four finale A, where uh, where they all got captured by wow. the termites. Okay, yeah, and I remember that. I should also add that while Brad and I disagree sometimes, I actually agree with most of what he just had to say. I also think these two seasons have been quite good. Awesome, and, I, and, and we both and hated the, we, and Fear the Walking Dead, we, <laughs> and we both hated uh, Batman vs Superman. Yeah, we're both <laughs> in the, the, the but I'm, I'm, I I, I want to see more Brad on this podcast. That's okay. what I want to see. Or here. Be careful what you ask for. I know. I'll regret it. In you can never have ago. enough, Brad. <laughs> Richard, what have you Rich? been doing lately? Well, lots of work. Um, I moved to Michigan. Um, been I've been loving this season of Walking Dead. I I I feel that 
Gimple delivered on what he said about a season and a half ago about getting it more aligned with the comics. Um, I, you know, there's still enough originality in the show to where it's not mimicking the comic, so that's good. Um, I really wanted to see Negan a little bit before the season finale, but I'm fine with when we saw him. I'm fine with Jeffrey Dean Morgan playing him. And, um, you know, I never thought that, you know, when when there were all the speculation of who could play him and ended up, I think he was pretty perfect. Um, Not crazy about the cliffhanger. Um, I get it from producing a television show standpoint for general audiences. Let's give them the, you know, the Locutus of Borg season two to three next generation (laughs) thing. But this audience is also very a large majority invested in the comic story and we're not stupid and it's i don't know i i don't know if it's insulting like everybody's saying on the internet to us fans but it was definitely cheapened for us because now I, i i don't know we're just gonna have the i think you said it in your review aaron about uh you know the who shot mr burns <laughs> For, for over the summer, so, yeah. How about Jordan? What's Jordan have to say? Yeah, Jordan, <laughs> what have you been up to? So, I, well, I've been up to all kinds of things. I guess people probably know the basics of it, but I quit my job. I left New Jersey. I completely am kind of rebooting my life, and I'm kind of in the middle of that at the moment, so this isn't really a return for me. Like, I will be back eventually, but this is not uh, me back and forth. This is just a, uh, <laughs> I happen to be available tonight. You're saying this podcast... Get this a job, you hippie! This podcast, this podcast is going to be a cliffhanger for Jordan's appearance on the Walking Dead <laughs> TV podcast. <laughs> but, uh, so I'm in Austin, Texas now. I just got a new job, or provisionally have a job. I have to pass some tests before I officially have it, that kind of thing. But it's a good job that I'm excited about, and yay, all that kind of stuff. And Austin weather is great, and there's no snow, and that's all awesome. On the Walking Dead front, I've seen maybe 20 to 30 minutes of the second half of this season. Um, I got to see the introduction of Jesus, who I thought was pretty awesome, just like in the comics. I got to see the introduction of Gregory, who I thought was sufficiently slimy, just like the comics. And I got to see the last 90 seconds of last night's episode, which... I, I realize I'm in a minority of, but granted, just that 90 seconds by itself, no context or anything, aside from what I know from the comics and generally about the show, I thought it was kind of awesome. So, you know, I, I get why people are upset to an extent. I don't get why people are as upset as they are. <laughs> really, my real question is, my real question is, what has been happening on Fear the Walking Dead Flight 463? Oh, we'll whatever. get there. We'll get there. Oh, oh 462. We'll get there. Is that, that we'll close a number? Oh, yeah. I was just guessing. Yeah, we, we, it's a whole segment, and Aaron and I, listen, we got it covered, all right? And and it's also a cliffhanger of sorts, so we have to we have to be ready for that now, all I right? Bra- oh, brace I guess yourself. I should, I guess I should say I specifically have not been <laughs> listening to WDTV. I've been... You know, saving the episodes for later when I actually watch this half season. So any changes you guys have cool. made, I have no idea about. It's all brand new to me. Well, we all we all stick. <laughs> no, nothing really. No, no big changes. Just just the special flight four sixty two segment. Aaron gets a big kick out of it as well as many of our listeners do. So it, it, it's it's a welcome addition to the show. And I frankly, I'm going to miss it. We could have got Jordan to do a bunch of things. 
Is this new segment, is it a comedy bit? No, it's a, it's a completely serious take on the Flight 462 web series that's given us 30 seconds of joy every week for weeks on end. <laughs> joy? See, it is a comedy bit. This is a comedy bit. We like to pat... We, right. Like, we, describing like it takes longer than the four, actual... The four, actual yeah. four episodes worth of Flight 462 into one episode focused on 30 seconds of 462. <laughs> Feel free to spoil me. Have the kid and the Asian lady consummated their love affair yet? Did they? <laughs> oh, we, we won't know until next week, Jordan. We won't know. I've not the watched flight has not the ended first yet. couple of segments of it because I was like, screw it. I'm just waiting until the end I of the season. Someone so on the, uh, in the some... Facebook group, they posted AMC apparently like cobbled all of them. Cobbled is what I'm going with. Cobbled all of them together. And so there's a good... Into a shoe? Into a shoe, yes. So now there's an... But no, there's a there's a 14 minute and change like episode that's you know all of those segments combined. So if you if you've been if you've been yeah, patiently okay. waiting, that's what I've been waiting for. Go. That is what I've been waiting well, thanks, for. Thanks. But but hold on, it's not it's not over yet. So it's like did they put the are they saving well, it except it the is ending? Over. Is that what's I mean, happening? The, the, I mean, what the, are they? Well, the ending is no. in, is in the episode of Fear the Walking Dead. Yeah. yeah I mean, oh, this, it's actually in the yeah. episode. It's this not going to be another commercial. Oh, okay, I got you. Four six two conclusion. Like that was the end of the thing. So this oh, yes. this flight has concluded essentially. This is it. Okay. Please, please return <laughs> your zombies to their full and upright position and prepare for landing. Robert Negro, Negro. I never know what to call him. I like saying I like saying Robert Negro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sure he loves it too. Oh, one my. one brother to another. Robert Negro. And I. <laughs> he posted the, uh, flight, the Fear the Walking Dead flight four six two parts one through sixteen up on the Facebook page. I must Thank I must you, say, as I was watching that last night, I was like, if all of this is just so this dude walks outside and this plane takes a header right into the ground, I'm going to shoot I called myself. it. We'll get there. We'll I get called there. it, though. You guys said, Craig, you were wrong. Okay, you're right. That's all right. it. I don't, I I don't know say if that's it. the same that's plane. It. But let's Continue. go move on from there. <laughs> oh, come on. Okay, that's it. I'm, I'm done. That was the same plane from Fear the Walking Dead Season 1. Thank you. There was an article Thank you. thing put out about that it was connected and that that was the plane. <laughs> I've been saying that. I think we talked about it back then when I was still on and we were going through Fear the Walking Dead, that horrible well, first half of the season. I know, But I know. the great second half episodes. season. Well, great in comparison, anyway. But Yeah. Now we're but going see, the thing on is, the we boat. Never knew it was the same plane. Now I only saw, like I said, that last ninety seconds, but I know he was in it slightly longer than that in the finale. How did how like did they minutes. handle the swearing issue? He didn't do it. Okay, he didn't. No, I mean, and that's I, mean, I think that's a he said perfectly there were like shitty well, and shit a couple times, and there was some peep. There, there, there was some, there was, there was some yeah. pee pee pants talk. That's, yeah. that's for sure. <laughs> they didn't try to yeah. throw any like Abraham isms into his mouth or anything. Well, Abraham's no. been working over no. what well, I understand for the past few weeks, so we've gotten our fill of Abraham isms by, by just from Abraham. <laughs> I bet you Abraham would be a big fan of Batman versus Superman, considering it had uh, multiple mother boxes in it. Sure. Yeah. They, yeah. I guess it was a with Nicotero or somebody they interviewed, and apparently. For his speech, they did it twice. Once for the Blu-ray and once for uh, yeah, for AMC. So apparently, so apparently, if you watch it on Blu-ray or probably like if they once they maybe once they put it on Netflix, you'll get the full uncensored comic uh, analog to the to the Negan I wish speech. They just put that stuff on YouTube like right away, like just that clip, like just Negan speech uncensored, like just do that. Well, they've 
they did that with Rick in, in the in the train car, they right? At the end the of season four. Right. And, right. And my question, I actually a question based on that. Right. It, I know they put it on the Blu-ray, but did they put it on the Netflix release? Because I've never watched it on Netflix. I, I, don't I would know. doubt it. That's a good, I don't know. Listeners, let us know. Uh, Netflix. No. No, I don't. I mean, Netflix I don't, plays the, so. the 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 um, regular theat. Well, that, well, I the television. Say, Netflix plays a theatrical version of Blade Runner, so I don't really expect them to do any director's. Well, it, but it all depends episodes. on what the studio sends them. If the studio sends them a version, <laughs> that's the version they play. You know, letterbox, widescreen, uncut, whatever. Craig, what do you think of the finale? Brief thoughts. <laughs> I just want to, you know, echo everything that Jim said. I won't even repeat it. I think it really was a big gimmick and a big letdown. Um, you know, people that I speak to in my circle of friends that are very much into The Walking Dead that really don't read the comic. Most of my friends are not into the comic. They're just really into the show. They just felt like, come on, it, they did they did this Glenn dumpster thing, and now they're doing this. They're just playing the audience like a fiddle. I mean, who's not going to tune in and see the season seven opener? I mean, even if they showed who got killed, people would still watch it. They really have to hook us like this and make us wait all October, and wait until October to figure this out. It was cheap, and they're, they're trolling us again, and I just don't, I don't like it too much. So, good episode. Could have been pared down a bit. Didn't need to be an hour and a half. And I'll give my final Buster ratings towards I, the end. May uh, I say something? Are we good? Oh, Brad. May, may I say something? Please do. I'm, I'm a little sure. disappointed yeah. that you guys are as upset about the cliffhanger as you are um first off you shouldn't be surprised by it based on what the show has given us already if yeah and that's the thing is as i'm not pissed i'm not upset i'm just disappointed a little bit i mean because the thing is it's it felt cheap it was like they said a gimmick it just i mean i get they want it being discussed over the next few months, but if you kill off a major character like the one that's killed off in the comic during this time, um, man, people are going to dwell on that all summer. There's going to be all kinds right, of discussion. Right. A lot of people are going to go back and get more Netflix views and things like that, which is more revenue for the show and stuff like that. I mean, it just didn't make sense to leave it like that. It would have been fine to... I would have much rather them had had us leading up to Negan and all we got was him walking out of the trailer door and the season ended. That would have been more preferable than to, you know, <laughs> basically, you know, get us to the point and then stop. I mean, if I may offer... I mean, they're probably trying to set record uh, ratings. I bet they're they're looking at it saying the season seven opener is going to blow out the, the television rating system. That's probably what they're hoping for. And you know it probably please the will. fans along the way. Oh, yeah, it has to now. If I may offer a rebuttal, and I'm not saying this is necessarily a good thing, but I think this is probably what they were trying to do, and at least in my mind, at least on the first half of it here, have accomplished it. We'll see next season whether they pay it off. Doing it this way, in addition to it being kind of a cool way to, to end the scene, even if it was just next week that we got the answer instead of you know several months from now, this allows them in a way to have their cake and eat it too. Because if you have the scene like it is in the comics, you know, where you see who gets killed, regardless of who they kill in the show, you have two major things going on at one time. It's, oh my gosh, Negan is terrifying and a force to be reckoned with. And, oh my gosh, I can't believe they just killed whoever. Doing it this way, and again, I'm not saying it's necessarily a good thing, but it's some, I, I do think it's a legitimate thing allows them to end the season with one major 
talking point. Oh my gosh, Negan is terrifying. And next season premiere, they can have the completely other talking point of, oh my gosh, I can't believe they killed whoever. I agree 100% with you, Jordan. I went back recently and reread the comics. In fact, I've got the hardcover sitting next to me open up to the to that scene. When we all first read that, we didn't have time to digest either or. We didn't have time to digest the death of the character because the story went on. We didn't have, at most, we had one month after that one issue was done. We didn't have time to digest the unbelievable evil that is Negan. But now we've got six months to digest this crazy person that we just saw. And I would bet you anything that we will see the last two or three minutes of this past episode at the beginning of next season. And we will see who he chooses and we will see the blood and gore. It's all going to be there. Nope. But at this I, I, I six months later. I don't think anyone's concerned about not seeing that thing. <laughs> Additionally, I remember when issue 100 of the comic came out, which was the counterpart to this episode. And granted, you know, you always have the loud dissenters and who knows whether that's a you know small or big percentage of the people who actually read the thing. But there was a lot of people who were like, oh, my gosh, they killed X. I'm out. By separating this, you have them at least back to the season premiere. Because depending on who it is, there's a number of characters, you know, whether it's the, you know, if Daryl dies, we riot people or, you know, big whoever fans. I just go with Daryl because that's the name of <laughs> that. That's a common saying. Daryl's not even in the comic, but you, you don't have to worry about the people going, oh, I'm done. And this being the season finale, I don't have to feel like there's any uh, inclination to come back next week. You, you get to avoid that. I was going to say that as well, Jordan, but I'm glad you said it because you said it better than I did. I, <laughs> I, I want to offer some brief thoughts before Russ, who's been waiting patiently for us to actually go into the actual episode, not just the last couple Oh, it's minutes. only been a half an hour. <laughs> Come on. Um, I, I just want to say uh, the, 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 ep, the cliffhanger, we'll get back to this, uh, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm more or less fine with it. I actually laughed out loud when it happened because like, oh, that's, that's what we're doing. Okay. But my my bigger issue was that I thought the episode <laughs> as a whole was not very good. So, I mean, it's like the cliffhanger is like, all right, well, I got a performance out of that guy that I was curious about, even though I don't really care about Negan to begin with. And you follow through of a cliffhanger that's coming on top of an episode I just wasn't enjoying already because it's overlong. There's no story that's just being stretched out like just the, the little story that there is just being stretched out just way too far. You've taken the two best characters on the show, put them in their own story. Wait, that's you're terrible. talking about Batman versus Superman again. I'm talking about, yeah, they, they, no, the, criti the criticism <laughs> can go to both places. <laughs> Batman versus Superman was great. I haven't even seen it, but Aaron, but, no, I just, I, as I. As, as, a, as a whole uh, for a season finale, which I've realized I tend to not be very high on these season finales. They, so, they, some of these last season, okay, I think season two, the season that probably most people just dislike, probably has the best season finale of all the seasons. But uh, this one is just like, yeah, okay, right. we, that was a lot of time spent seeing us driving around in circles and watching Carolyn Morgan be uh, involved in a very dull plot that I don't care about. But good job, guys. Way to go. Uh, hey, Aaron, yep. Car Carol used to be one of the two best 
characters on the show. She no longer is. Oh, yeah, I'm aware of this now. Uh, yeah, <laughs> the, the, the last three episodes have really been like, hey, let's really take away that person you liked. Yeah, this is how minuscule that cliffhanger issue is to me in comparison. And it did disappoint me, but not anything like the pacing on this episode was so oh, yeah. far off that was what was killer about it and not only was it off but they were so gracious to give us an extra 30 minutes of it this week too it's like good god well, they just should have get to it to sell some they should have just that's what yeah they should have just cut out the carol uh what's his name exactly yeah. plot line and it would have been a regular right. length episode yes it, it was yeah that was a complete waste of time, and it that storyline would have been better served as its own 42-minute episode. They've done that successfully in the past where they've had episodes that focus yep. on two or three people at most. That would have been a good way to handle that. They could Instead, have had this cliffhanger and then come back with the season premiere as just Carol and Morgan yes. and make people wait an extra week. <laughs> oh, yep, yeah. That would be, be amazing. <laughs> It was nice to get the little hint of the kingdom, though, out of that. Sure. Yes, that was really, really cool. And you saw that in the, over the last two two episodes. Hey, Russ. <laughs> Russell? Huh? What? You, what? Uh, you're huh? ready to go over this episode? <laughs> oh, yeah. I guess so. <laughs> yeah. You know, you get old, you, you know, you, a little bit of narcolepsy kicks in. Uh, yeah, so we, I, I have a lot to say about the finale. Uh, I will save it until we get to the end of the episode where I, I think a lot of what we said will come back. I think a lot of us, more of us will have more to say. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I've got a fair bit of notes for this episode, but ultimately I think, uh, it, it more just talking points, uh, you, you know, cause the finale is really what you know what this is all about for the most part um i thought it was funny that uh the guy was really was looking for his horse like that wasn't uh that that wasn't uh right kind was of it, a trick a yeah it wasn't it wasn't yeah. A, yeah it wasn't the savior's trying to trick Mor- him out morgan was right yeah yeah so that was kind of cool um i thought the whistling and the way they did the interludes where we're seeing like and I guess this was all from where they were holding yeah. Daryl and um, and uh, and Glenn. Uh, you know, we just hear that whistling, and you hear these whispering voices, and you you see the holes. You know, with them looking out. I'm not um, trying to sound like I'm just smarter, but I never not once thought that that wasn't just those got the the kept the prisoners being held inside some kind of container of some kind. Yeah, it, it felt right. very much like. Almost like the terminus yeah. thing, right? When they were in the in the train car. So well, but here's one thing to think about: that is, there are two areas in this episode where we're getting point of view through the camera, and one of them is someone in that box, and then the uh, other is at the very end scene. So I, that's why I believe whoever was we were seeing the POV of from that box well, is the person it was very, that gets it in the end. It was very clear who was in the box. Theory. Well, there are four people in the box, but I don't think it was a POV shot. I think it was just a camera with them in the box. Eh, maybe. I don't know. I just was kind of linking that together. Brad, are you thinking, because I started thinking about this too, that the, the POV shot of the 
with the whistling and everything was Negan because I saw bullet holes and right at the doorway onto the uh, to the RV there were a bunch of bullet holes. Oh, so I wonder if point. no. I wonder if that was just Negan. No, we got the, no. no, no we, I didn't. They opened the doors and they they brought out uh, Daryl and Michonne and Glenn and everybody. Like, uh, no, I right, but Rosita. There you Rosita. Go. Yeah. Like it didn't. I thought didn't switch over. And Negan's not hiding in some dark box with like holes in it, just <laughs> doing nothing. Like he's. Well, no. The only reason yeah. I said it because it was dark RV. inside the no, RV, they, and and there were bullet they, holes right outside. If you're looking from the inside out at the door, there were a bunch of bullet holes. Right, but they they pulled him they, out of a yeah, van. It, the it looked a, like yeah. it was the back of a van that they pulled him out. It wasn't the RV. It was right. near the RV. But it wasn't the RV. Negan appeared out of the RV. No, that's but what I'm, I'm saying. saying. Okay. I, I yeah, think okay. Pier- but it was a different truck. I guess what I'm saying is the the whole time we saw this POV shot, thinking it was our heroes that were trapped behind the thing, what if what we were hearing was from outside, outside the RV, and what this whole time it was Negan's perspective looking out of the RV, because all he could see were... The, the only light he saw was the holes from the bullets that we saw. I, I in the hear RV. what you're saying, and I, I get what you're what you're going for in this. But with the actual scene in question, I mean, you get a shot once, like we get a repeated motif of like inside whatever this is, darkness or whatnot. the The final thing is like, let's pull out some friends of yours, and they open up some like, and then you go back to that shot again that you've seen. Okay. They open the doors, and then the next shot you. is people being dragged out of a place like that. So, I mean, the I the, vi- the visual, yeah, that makes sense. the poetry of that scene is is trying to tell you that that's what you were seeing the whole time. And Negan, sure. you know, he's he's not hanging out in the dark. He probably has his feet kicked up, watching whatever he can in the RV, like hanging out, drinking whatever like beer they have <laughs> or something. <laughs> drinking drinking the last of uh, Doctor Denise's pop. Sure. <laughs> what did what did you guys think? So at the beginning, of course, it seemed like everybody and their grandma was wanting to go on the <laughs> yeah. RV to go because of what. Uh, you know what was going on with Maggie, and I was like, "Man, that's going to be a really crowded RV." Number one and number two, it's like, is anybody going to be left to guard? What didn't make anything? sense to me was that Carl um, was on. At what point was Rick like, "I need to take my son Coral with me in case these saviors ambush yeah. us"? Yeah, they didn't explain that. <laughs> I I thought it was really interesting. Did was it just me or did Father Gabriel seem almost possessed? Well, Father Gabriel's a man on a mission now. He's in Charlie Bronson mode. He's doing whatever he wants to. He's he was yeah. like he was like a like a fresh recruit into the Marines, man. I mean, he was just like, you know, I won't let you down. You know, you can, do you trust me? You know, this whole, he's, he's like on this mission to be this warrior priest. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's maybe the least earned character switch of all the, maybe except Carol, I guess. But at the same time, I don't really care about father Gabriel's life or death. So as long as he keeps like saying cool stuff every now and then I'm fine with him at this point. I, I, I think I like father Gabriel more than most. Um, and I don't know if it's just part of me. I loved, uh, Seth Gilliam's Carver from the wire. And so that just is like translated to this show. Like I can't, I can't separate, uh, Seth Gilliam. So I, I'm glad they're doing more with him as, instead of just the cowardly father yeah. Gabriel. He's, uh, he's I now like inhabited that his character he's... from Starship Troopers. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and uh, Carl and Eden had a little scene too in the, in the cold open there in the armory where he locked Enid in the closet. Real exciting stuff she's there. In the closet. She she's in the closet. Carl, I, I feel bad for Chandler Riggs because he's in this weird age where he's not a kid, but yet he's not a man, but yet he's not like in that squeaky much teenager like Jordan. Voice. <laughs> 
He's also not a Muppet, so I mean, there's that going for him. And not a girl, well, not yeah. yet a woman. Much like Jordan. But it, so it's like hard to take him seriously because he he hasn't much like Jordan. I, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't you glad you came oh, back tonight, Jordan? I miss this. Well, what bothers me is that like everyone like has like advice on like what Rick should do next, and then Carl pipes up and is like, "We need to keep going now." And it's like, "Shut up, Carl! Like you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> hold, hold your gun, and you just, you're lucky you're on this trip." God. And what is up with his hair? Like. That's some seventies, like Farrah Fawcett looking hair that he's got going on. It's a nice feather going. They haven't cut that thing in he saw the season two. You kidding? Wants some, and he's just like, I got to be in that scene. <laughs> <laughs> I was just, I was still confused why I he like, was uh, on the RV. I don't like. Does, does anyone have like a logic of like? Yeah. I, I'm glad. I'm glad Rick. I, I think I know Rick why. Him enough, but at the same time, it's like we're just trying to get Maggie to one place, and their saviors it, coming after you every single because... episode. I think given where the episode ends, it was totally about building tension of, oh, maybe he's going to kill Rick yeah, or which Carl. Is, that, that's not... Well, yeah, that's, that's but it was writing. also because <laughs> they had to have the the famous Negan line of, you know, tear out his eye and feed it to, you know, and it was Sophia in the comic, but his father here. So well, it had to have also, Carl was, for that. There were six of the warriors out of the, out of the you know, Alexandria camp, so... I guess Carl is really like a backup warrior. I mean, he knows how to fight more than, let's say, a Tobin does. So Rick needed him along. No, I get, just I get like a backup the logic gun, of like, in terms of like strength, like in terms of like the, I guess, if you had playing cards and you looked at Carl's power meter, yes, it's probably higher than some of the others. But yes. as far as Rick knows that there are people that are trying to kill them every single chance they get. Would he bring? Would he act? And would he actually bring the one person that he's always concerned about every single season of the show? I don't know about that. <laughs> well, well, Rick's a little overconfident right now, and maybe that—that's what's showing. That's that's yeah. it right there. At least for the first ten or fifteen. He was distracted minutes, by the whole power bar routine from last week, so he's like, "Oh, I guess what Carl's on here? Ah, oh, <laughs> too late now, I guess." <laughs> the the whole thing yeah. about everybody. It's, going on the RV or leaving to go find Carol, you know, it started in the previous episode. It's just ridiculous yeah, yeah. that everybody would leave and Rick wouldn't put his foot down. Yeah. I mean, and we all know the writers had to get everybody on the ground on their knees in front of Negan. And that's the only reason that this ridiculous uh, exodus from, from uh, Alexandria happened. Who's left? Gabriel and who? Who who is still at the camp? Spencer. You got Gabriel. Spencer. Uh, oh, Spencer. Uh, oh, great. What's yeah, his name? Spencer amazing. for hire. He's, like, he's right. never he's never let us down. You, you, got, you, you got Tobin. Tobin. You got uh, some of the other Alexandrians. You know, Olivia watching the pantry. I'm sorry. I meant who's it's capable great. of it's fighting nice. that's still left out. That's what I meant to say. Who's capable of fighting that's still left Alexandria? Judith. No one. <laughs> Judith. Yeah, Judith. The last kicker. Yeah, the answer is actually no one, I guess, right? Uh, Tara, maybe Heath, when they come yeah. back from pregnancy. I mean, I, I mean, exploring. They're, they're out. Doing? Yeah. I guess if Morgan comes back with or without Carol, but that's that's a serious unknown. I mean, from Rick's perspective, I mean, we obviously know the answer to that, but they had they had almost one and a half as many one and a half times as many people to get down on the knees. I'm on in front of. Negan, I'm looking at the at the book right now. You've got Rick, you've got Carl, you've got 
Michonne, you've got Glenn and Maggie. How many is that? Is that five? And you've got five. Heath and, and Sophia. Sophia. Okay, so there Seven. is more than I than I remembered in the story. There's yes, listeners. By the way, was... Sophia is still alive in the comic books. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How many people were no. were on their knees on the TV show? About nine, I think. Well, you had to have, but you had to have Daryl. He had to be part of this tension. Mm. Um, who's the other one? Aaron. Aaron. Eleven. And, yeah. yeah. Abraham and Eugene. You got Rosita there too. You got yeah. the, you got the other. Yeah. You got the other trick. You got the other trick. Eleven. Texas. Texas threesome. Right there. Yeah. And there was some blonde lady I didn't recognize off the top of my head with like short hair. It wasn't Andrea. <laughs> that was Maggie. Well, that, that, was, well, that was Maggie, but she cut her hair. No, I saw somebody else in the clip that I didn't recognize. No other. Just like a g- no, Rosita. Those are the only uh, two. Alexandrian or something? No, it's, it's just Maggie no. and no. Rosita. No. As far, and Michelle. No, that as was far Maggie. As go. Hmm, okay. Maybe, maybe you're and, thinking of Sasha, of course. But, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Sasha was there. That's true. Yeah, but Sasha def- doesn't have blonde hair. Or, or Eugene. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's Rick... Daryl, Glenn, Maggie, Carl, Michonne, Abraham, Sasha, Rosita, Aaron, and Aaron. Aaron, these, Eugene. These are all my favorite. There's 11. That's, that's 11. Right. These are all my favorite members of the Mickey yeah. Mouse Club. It, it's the main cast minus Carol and Morgan. I mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, you know, of the last couple of episodes, like I said, it was just ridiculous that everybody was leaving, but... You know, haven't read the comics. We know where it's going, so that. But that's not a that's not a way to justify it. Like it happened in this other. Medium, no, it's not. So it's like okay, we could just send people. All no, that's that's my point. Yeah. that's my point. They should have handled it better. More, it was they should have done. So I'm not a writer. I couldn't write my way out of a paper sack. So I'm not offering an alternative here. But I'm smart enough to know that that was just silly. Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, it's never... B- and it should have been It should have been done differently. Having a criticism... And if you're ever trapped in a paper sack, a, writing your way out of it is not an effective technique. Just broke You have a sharp pen, maybe. <laughs> okay. But, but, no, Brad, I mean, it's not... Yeah, I, I agree. And as, you know, as a someone that's, you know, critiquing an episode of television, it's not a matter of you having an alternate way of describing what would happen instead. It's just you recognize that there's some kind of problem with the logic here. And, I, yeah, I agree. I don't know how to write it differently in terms of I have the exact you know pieces of dialogue and story action that needs to take place, but at the same time, a couple lines of dialogue here there to throw out why we're sending our best fighters into the fray, that would have been a lot, especially for a 90-minute episode that was you know meandering for a good portion of it. It's like, come on. Even, even if it was not- something as mundane as Rick saying, you know what, I'm tired of arguing, whatever, just yeah, go. just give them any kind you of know? thing to just let, it, let things happen the way they did. Uh, they totally to could have remember. taken that that first group too. Like when they first came across those guys, I'm like, man, they could have got the jump on them. I guess the thinking was yeah. if they fired back and hit the RV and damaged it, then or, they'd be uh, screwed. First blood or, logic, it's like if we're not shooting first, then we can't be the one yeah. to blame. That's kind of that's just yeah. By the way, was it not obvious to everyone else that? they were doing a trapping oh, yes. them. Uh, yeah, no, Rick's, Rick's an idiot. Oh, sure. I mean, <laughs> sure. I'm just like, I'm just like, why do they not figure, and I'm like, at some point, they're going to block off both ends, and sure enough, I'm just like, how how can well, they they're all? Yeah, that? but what other choice well, did think, they have, Richard? I mean, they've got this. I think that's the thing. They, they yeah. didn't have any other choice. Maggie. They had to get Maggie some help. The needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few they were all or the obvi- one. 
And well, Mr. Spock was not on on this bus ride. All I'm right, just so Rick, saying Rick's at thinking some a point you got to cut your losses and go back. Is it worth losing six people Chubbs, or I one mean, the, Then the, that would have been the. That would have been a very boring episode. The thing is, they were all impressed that GTA 5's Trevor was there. So, like, what? And they, they just didn't realize. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to think, too. It, look, look at it from Rick's perspective. Every time they've come across these guys, Rick and Daryl's perspective. Well, I guess, Dar- you know, Daryl wasn't there. But every time they've come across these guys, they've come out ahead. You know, they... they, they oh, Yeah. I don't. Well, I don't even look at it as in, inept. For me, I, I was kind of seeing it as, I think for I think, some of the s- saviors have gotten complacent. Right, they're dealing with like the hilltop. They're dealing with other people that have well, basically proven to be no threat. And so those were the rookies, right? Or or it's just it, you don't you just don't even think in those terms. It's like well, we don't have to fortify things this way. We don't have to protect ourselves this way because. We, you know, everybody we've come across as a joke. So now that they've had these few encounters where they've been thoroughly outmatched, now it's like, okay, no more playing around. We're going to do intel. We're going to find out where these guys are going. We're going to think ahead. And it's all hands on deck. I mean, they've killed probably, what, 40 or 50 saviors at this point. So now it's yeah. like, okay, two enough things. is enough. Two, 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 uh, two things. So that, uh, here's the thing. One, I, I feel bad that yeah, um, Daryl wasted an RPG shot on the lake when he could have taken out, you know, have – Having one what of those would I have tell been you? pretty handy. What did at I some tell point you? There. The other, I yeah. If there's a logic of they finally got their shit together, great for them. But it's not like they've Rick overpowering them hasn't haven't proven them to be completely in debt. Like the group with uh, what was it, Alicia, Alicia Witt's group. They seemed like a pretty capable group. It just Carol's just Carol's one of these superhumans on their team. I mean, so it it just outdid them. But I mean the the drop that the that her group had they seemed like a you know a, a skilled set of saviors same with like the satellite group obviously you know when they're sleeping they're not really it's not really a fair match when rick's going in and you know cutting people's throats while they're you know in bed at night but i mean they do have like a whole artillery round full of sorry a whole artillery full of guns and whatnot and they could have been prepared i mean we haven't seen them necessarily be <laughs> uh, to to like the their skill, their well, skill levels have just been wildly rangy, and, and and it's and it's gone from this place where like Dwight and like a bunch of his like random people can get the drop on some of the most powerful of the people on the show to like to and then and then still like lose and still still lose that battle to like this this very elaborate setup involving chaining up walkers in the way they did and having you know moving giant logs into places. It just doesn't. I mean, there's amateur hour, mm. and there's like a significant change in what we've been shown so far, and it it does feel that way, which we've been talking about for you know the past few weeks. Oh. I mean, it's we just we knew this was, we knew this do was going to th- happen. We knew there was going to be some other shoe to drop because we know Negan was coming, and we knew Negan's going to be some. Do you bad. think? Do you think maybe this was all part of Negan? All part of Negan's plan. Sorry, I just. I don't know why I did that, but do you think – okay, let me back up. Do you think this was all part of Negan's plan? Okay, I'm going to send the numbnuts out there who I know are going to get killed. We're going to we're gonna give these people a false sense of security, and then we're going to drop the hammer. Uh, no, because, because in no. Negan's no, no, no. speech where I, I he says how that. not cool it is that Rick killed so many of his people, really not cool. He made sure to emphasize that. Negan, Negan, yeah. has, Negan okay. has a thing for yeah. showmanship, but at the same time, he's also not a liar. Yeah. Here's the thing with, with, with the skills, real quick. I mean, we didn't even really see their skills, uh, the saviors, that is, in this episode. I mean, you see a bunch of guys 
holding rifles standing on trucks blocking the road. I mean, we didn't see their hand-to-hand -hand combat. We didn't see any of their quote-unquote ninja skills. All right, they set up, set up some elaborate traps, but this is really all because Negan finally organized them and said, hey, look, we got this rogue group out there led by this guy named Rick. We need to corral them, get them literally to their knees. So I think that... Because they're organized think, now by their leader, but we haven't seen them being well. There's really I mean, great they, warriors. They, they you know, they have an elaborate really, chain yeah. and then shoot at all of their feet and not hit any single one of them. I mean, that their feet that, that takes some skill there. Yeah. I mean, that's not that's not for nothing. I, yeah, yeah. I think too that I lost my train of thought. I was gonna I was gonna say something. I I, I lost it. Never mind. Moving on. Jordan, are you completely lost right now? Uh, no, they set a trap. They haven't been as effective as they, or they were more, way more effective in this episode than they had been in the past. Rick should have been smarter. Why was Carl there, etc. I'm following. I, I, I know what I was going to say. I, oh, and by the way, I yeah. double-checked the clip. You're absolutely right. It was Maggie. Just in the lighting with the haircut, I did not recognize her at all. And she was sick, too, so her face looked really pale, yeah. and it, it looked, didn't uh, look like her. You're right. It was... I think had, yeah. had they not been trying to make sure that Maggie got to where she was going they probably would have gone for broke at least at one of those points. Like, the fact that Maggie was an impediment to them meant they couldn't just go for broke. That's all well and good, um, but that plan at the end of, like, well, we'll send Eugene out <laughs> to drive around, who apparently gets caught, like, immediately, given the time frame <laughs> of all that. And, and then and then well, we'll just go run yeah, into the and woods. That plan was just, just as bad as the other plans. <laughs> well, what killed me with that is, how did they know to be exact? How did they know Rick and them were going to run exactly that way and be right there Again, in order to, they're, they're to stealth get ninjas. to them? Like that's the there's <laughs> there's a thousand different directions you can run into the woods, and they happen to be set up right there because it wasn't like they determined which way they were going and then they they scurried and got set up because I mean there was like lights and everything else yeah, no, I mean they they, yeah. they had to have known no, they, they, were, they, they circled the wagons that's the only thing really specific point in the woods so yeah they knew exactly where they wanted them to I, go well, it was just very convenient that they happened they, to get them to go that way by not prompting them yeah I was like yeah that the, the only uh the only route that they left open though was the one with, with, with the walkers on the chains blocking the road so really they corralled them up that road and I guess they maybe maybe have figured, okay, they're going to ditch the RV, they're going to go through the woods. I mean, they really That's only left them one though, way to go. Right, but I guess RV what I'm saying is, like, okay, like I guess they have to ditch the RV. Now. That was a very cool gag, by the way. Right, that that I yeah. get, but okay, you ditch the RV, you could run in yes. one of a thousand <laughs> directions. Like, how do you know? Well, they knew they were going to the hilltop. They yeah. knew they were heading a did certain direction, right? I, I mean, mean, that's that did, I, I guess mean, they, through the woods. Did. Well, they didn't block the roads in the opposite direction. They blocked I, all the well, roads going to the hills. But I, I think just, once they got like on a, foot, all bets are off. You off. also can't be that that stealthy with a person on a stretcher. Yeah, but there's a lot of woods. But yeah. you can't I mean, move. They, they, they were being they, tracked. They be, but you can't move all those vehicles and set up lighting and everything else at the drop of a hat. Okay, well, now that Brad's back with mm. a new beer, we should talk about something else. Like, how about the Carol and uh, Morgan plot, just to, just to mix things up a bit? Yeah. yeah. I didn't know you guys were going to break the fourth wall. Come on now. <laughs> it was an easy segue. <laughs> so the basic thing with Carol and Morgan is that it was a Morgan complete waste of time. <laughs> yeah, well, that too. Uh, but it 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 was so out of place in this episode. I, I agree. Uh, you know, with what you guys were saying earlier, that this could have been an entire. 
if we didn't know what happened with Carolyn Morgan at the end of this season, like to me, that's not a big deal. Like for them to push this all to next season into maybe episode two of season seven or something like that, where we could get more focus on them. I think it would be okay. All of that aside, the the problem, this episode just kind of really reinforced my issues with, I don't know if the writers don't know what to do with Carol. I don't know if it, it just, the whole character of Carol and I said this last week, but it just completely baffles me. Like, I just, I don't know. She, she's been so neutered and I don't understand yeah, I don't, why. I don't buy Carol's change of heart for a second. I don't buy it for a second. I don't, I don't either. And I, I feel like there's this like thought that's like, well, people seem to responding, be responding really well to what Carol and Morgan seem to have to offer to the show. And clearly they have like this clashing sense of ideologies. So why don't we try to make something that builds off of that? And they just did that in the most utterly disaster of a way possible to accomplish this thing. We're like, I get it in terms of like, we need to bring these two guys together because clearly they butt heads on certain things. It didn't really pay off in the first half of the season where they had a little slap fight, and it certainly hasn't paid off this time around where we get them back together, which I enjoy. I enjoyed the idea of that, but then seeing how it plays off, it's just like we really had to do a lot of things to kind of manufacture some kind of story between these two, and what even in doing that, we've already, we've made them both less interesting because Morgan, honestly, Morgan's, Morgan's more interesting of Rick than he is of Carol, regardless of how opposed to he is to what Carol stands for. And now we've taken Carol's stuff away. It's just really odd. It just feels like it seems like the the yeah. the idea was there and like the heart was in the right place, but whatever like they came up with just does not work. And I, as much as I you know want to enjoy Melissa, Melissa McBride on the show, I it's hard for me to say. It that just she's came out of nowhere as an actress. It just it it comes out of nowhere, and I don't I just don't think she's acting it very well, which is a shame yeah. to me. But I mean, I, no. I, I don't think she is, and I'm sorry, but like you're very good at other things, but this kind of like you know borderline i don't know what is just it's it's not crisis it's not, re- or, it's not reflected yeah. well enough for her to overtake the writing lenny james he's doing terrific like he's i, I don't i don't fault the performance of what he's doing but like just involved in this storyline it's not working well and i i buy yes. his transformation like i we got that episode that clearly showed why it was important for him to be this you know, Zen master that he's become. And and like you were saying, Aaron, I think if they would have kept Carol as the old Carol, the, f- the fact that those two could play off each other with separate ideologies, I, I think would be fascinating. Uh, even more so than... We've seen how different ideology between Rick and Morgan plays off so well. To me, if you could take Rick's point of view and amp it up by a factor of 10 and have that play against Morgan. I think that could be for some really interesting character interaction. And, you know, like, like, like Jim was saying, you know, it's two, two of the most interesting characters on the show and just totally put them in a, in a, on a plot line, not even just a a situation because it's, it's beyond just this particular episode. They're, they're putting these characters down a path where it's just like, I I, I just don't even care It would be like having some kind of, I don't know, a dark Knight character versus a person that stands for truth, justice in the American way and taking away (laughs) what that person stands for. So it makes no sense when they fight. I mean that (laughs) it's almost, it's it's something like that. happens. No election talk, please, Aaron. (laughs) 
it just seems like you have something yeah. that works and then you take it and you mess it up. How do you Right, exactly. How do you guys feel about the ease with which Morgan put six bullets into that one guy after all of this all laugh is precious. Now, now, with that, that actually, no, I think that, that well, works. And I think, and there's a reason for that. I think the, the, yes. the fact that it's not just one shot but six shots, that's him having this kind of a release where he really does not want to do this thing. This is against everything he stands for. And because he has to do it, he's just like, ah! he's like screaming, like, ah, I, gotta, I, have to, I have to unload this thing now because I just can't like keep, in this instance, because this person that I care about that that is – I've clashed with, but I have to deal with in some manner. There is no other possible solution. It's not a matter of just one precise, well-timed shot because that that would be more of a a uh, it, that that would be less of what Morgan stands for if you took just one amazing bullet and two took it to the head. But like having this kind of inaccurate series of shots where he's just kind of blind firing at this person because it's the only way he can stop it. That to me makes a level of sense. I, I get where that came from. You said this person that he cares about do you for a second believe he cares about carol yes. or do you all think, life is precious do you think yes, it's I do. well there's a difference between all life being precious and caring about someone yes i do think he cares about carol he I, did I not think he, truly he did not care about the wolf but he all life is precious i yes it's so hard for me not I, to say it the way he I, says all life is precious <laughs> <laughs> the, the thing for me that made it work is so Morgan Morgan feels that all life is precious. So he feels like Carol's life is precious, and then the guy attacking Carol's life is precious. But at this moment in time, he can't have it. There's no outcome where both of them are going to live, period. It's just not going to happen. So he had to choose which life was, I guess, more precious in that moment and use that as a release more precious, more precious, or but just sure. the only way to end a conflict, regardless of what that end means, it's just that's the only possible solution he sees in his eyes. Right, but I think also it kind of fits it in a way. It still yes, fits him yes, with okay. his mantra that 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 you know he he's preserving a life. He can't preserve two lives. If if there was a way he could have gotten out gotten out of that situation with both of them living, he would have done it. But in that instance, there was no way humanly it's possible like that Batman was going to happen. Saved Gordon's child in the Dark Knight, a much superior version of Batman. <laughs> he had to kill Harvey Dent in the process. I'm going to mute you. at the same time, he, he saved I'm going to mute you. <laughs> Jim's blood pressure is going up right now. Up you can, you can hear it. <laughs> no, no, no. no. That's the, uh, there's another kid. <laughs> it's not James Gordon so, Jr.? Rich, no, what it's, do you... it's another kid. from James Gordon Jr. is a serial killer. Yeah. So, Rich, we haven't. What What are your kind of thoughts on Carol? We haven't. We haven't heard much from you on on Carol. I I'm along the same lines as Jim. On I just feel they neutered one of the badassest characters on the show. I mean, you know, Carol. It was really. It was really difficult with her character at first. You know, going beyond where she was in the comic. Um. But then as they developed more and more, I mean, she became one of the best characters on the show. I mean, her faux, um, you know, uh, soccer mom routine and stuff when she first got to Alexandria and whatnot. I mean, it was really, really good. And then suddenly she realizes, oh, I've reached 18 kills. 
of humans, not walkers. Um, oh, 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 shit, I need to change my ways. I'm now going to be a sad, depressed sack. I, I just, I don't get it. Or is this just her being in shock still from Major Dodd's death? I, I, I don't know. I just, <laughs> it doesn't make sense for her character to do that big of a flip-flop because, oh, my God, I've killed Jordan, 18 sorry, people. For you. Jordan, yeah, we, we've uh, said Major that. Dodson passed away this yeah. season. Yeah, I kind of figured that out on my own, but thank you. <laughs> be fair, the character, not the act, not the actor. You know, I was going to say, I thought it was just the not character, the, just the character. <laughs> yes. Not the kid, yeah. No, no, but but Rich, you know, we we've said that we've actually said that in the previous podcast. A lot of them, we we don't understand this Carol transformation. I mean, it, it they didn't insert a scene, they didn't give us anything that that brought us along in a comfortable way. She really just had this this change of heart this change of philosophy she's just kind of going down this weird path we don't know if she's really hyperventilating I, I or if like that's, only, a, that's an act the, the I mean, only way to there's a lot of the, this information that's yeah. crucial to the series is if you watch like talking dead which is not fair to the show that should be able to explain why characters take certain actions yeah right mm -hmm. so uh, to turn to a little bit on the lighter side uh, we all love abraham and his abrahamisms i mean uh Mother Dick was was great, but uh, bitch nuts I, this week. I, I love it. it. We got bitch nuts, and then we when he's driving along, he's like, "What the bitch?" It was what just the bitch? like <laughs> I, I love, and it's funny because I watched the the Talking Dead, and they had an interview with um, yeah, that little package was great where they're talking about yeah, they had dice or something. Yeah, that yeah, it was uh, Josh McDermott and and uh, Michael Cudlitz, and they're like, yeah, they pretty much just have dice that have a bunch of swear words on them, and we roll it and whatever. Whatever two come up, that's that's how we put them together. Uh, which that's what's always cracked me up about Abraham. Part of it is because I think for him to say what he really wants to say, they can't you know drop quite that language. But it's just the fact that he swears with two words that don't really go together. It's it's like a four year old swearing, right? It's like it's like they know that there's like this bad word and this other word that they could use, and they just kind of like he's throw like, it he's together. He's like a kid that just, discovered Reese's peanut butter and is like, well, if chocolate and peanut butter go together, what else can I do? And he just keeps going for it. <laughs> the the difference between yeah, him and like yeah. a little kid doing it is he does it with the conviction and the right intonation. On oh yes, it's always it's always the lack of intonation that gets me with kids doing it. <laughs> uh, but anyway, I thought that was funny. So he, he had a little, little conversation with Sasha about pouring some Bisquick. He didn't say it this week, but he was kind of leaning that way. He says, "Look, if we're going to make some pancakes, mm -hmm. would you make them with me?" And about having some kids, I guess. And uh, that was an interesting little scene. I mean, he's really come a long way as a character with not a lot yeah, of screen wait, time. It, yeah, exactly. You Which is kind of I almost because of all the driving in this episode, they had a couple shots like just behind Abraham. I'm like, he's gonna get shot right now in the face, isn't he? It didn't happen, but I just kept thinking every step <laughs> of the way, Abraham talk. I, I was waiting for uh, right? arrow to just come right like through every, his every skull. like time they're like, let's focus on <laughs> Abraham and how happy he is right now. It's and they have these like these shots that just like I'm so like trained cinematically to think I expect something to happen when you frame a shot a certain way. Where I'm like, Abraham's gonna get killed like any second this episode. Like they're doing a lot of teasing, and I think it's very deliberate. I think that happens with a lot of the characters in this episode. I think there's a lot of times where you think someone might be you know eating it, and it just doesn't come, and then it ultimately doesn't come by the end of this episode. <laughs> Yeah, th this All show right. teasing the fans. Come on, you, that, that, that's unheard of, uh, Aaron. Come on. So the next thing I have in my notes, you know what time it is? Oh, is it that time? Is it, is it's it time, that time for the Aaron? <laughs> for the Walking Dead Five Four Six Two podcast. Oh man. So guys, we've waited. 
fifth, not 15 weeks, but 15 30 second increments of Fight 462. It's been a, it's it's not just been That's a right. rocky road. It's been a rocky sky as we've gotten our way. Oh, I wish God. I had some rocky. You should have because this was one sweet finale to Fight 462. Now, last week, I believe we we saw some pretty pivotal <laughs> stuff as the plane was probably going to crash. Right, this week, this week. Yeah. We barely even had to spend time in the plane, guys. We just got to see what's his name, Mick, <laughs> Nick and old Nick. Nick I call Nick him Nick Clark. Old Man Clothes. Yeah. Nick Old Man Clothes. He he just Nick old man like, wandered outside. He's like, man, like that's how it seemed. And he just like looked at the sky and he's like, what? There's a plane and it's moving really rocky. And then we get some shots inside the plane. I think like one, like the old lady takes off her air mask for some reason because he's like, I'm old. I don't need air anymore. Like I don't know what's going right. on there. And, and like, and then just everyone's just <laughs> really tense and breathing into their like oxygen masks. And that's it. That's that's the end. We <laughs> the plane the plane probably crashed. But 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 Nick looks yeah, up and he sees the plane. Does that little that kind of weird yeah. turns, listing to the left a little bit, and that was the same plane that we saw. So I know, Rich, you're saying that that was announced. I thought that was a big debate that we had. Where no, no, it's was not it the same Nick plane. There's saw... plenty of planes out was there. No, I've been saying all along that this is the, that's the plane. What's but that? I mean, there was an article, and I thought we covered it back. I, when I think we had the debate on. before the article came out. We had the debate, right? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. We, we never definitively knew it was the same plane. So now that that's the big reveal of 15 weeks in that that is the same plane that we saw the clip was of. It, in, was in it Fear Nick the that Walking saw the Dead, plane so. when we saw it in season oh. one? Wasn't it Madison? No, when it was, she Mad- was See, that's like, interesting. No, it was, was a little bit. It was Madison. You're right. You're right. Same plane. Well, it does that same little left bank. Well, it, kinda, uh, okay. I mean, it really what is. Come on, come on, we're pushing hey, it too this far. This is the Black Forces podcast, and we will nitpick the hell out of it. Um, <laughs> what I what I'm saying because what Nick saw in this final episode of Flight Four Six Two was a plane that was like really wobbly. It wasn't just yeah. like mm, it might be off its kilter. It was like wobbling all over the place. I don't recall it. But no, I, Madison saw the thing. same thing. No, it really I, was. It yeah. was that same Braniff orange looking plane. If it was, Thank good you. on it. Yeah. I haven't rewatched that episode yeah. with that plane and just to like to really like delve into the colors of the plane or whatnot. It just it's it feels like it really stuck out as a plane that was definitely going to crash as opposed to Madison sees a plane that like kinda seems like something. No, the plane hey, she saw second. went yeah. fully um on its side, like ninety degrees. Fair enough. And this one kind of did that. It kind of went left yeah, right, on the left side and went this, to, yeah, if, turned. If you remember though, when we see it in the series it's lower to the ground. It's it's barely above those hills. Where we see Nick with it, it's higher. So he, he's seeing it as before we see it in the Fear Fair the enough. Walking Dead episode. Hmm. I thought you guys okay. told me this part of the show wasn't a bit. <laughs> <laughs> I said this was serious. But yeah, so so. <laughs> it's super serial. So, so now next week, apparently, and this has been promised by the, all the write-ups about this, one of the plane passengers or crew is going to join the cast of Fear the Walking Dead. So the plane's going to ultimately hit the ground, or the people are going to jump out of the plane. But either way, one of the people on the plane is going to end up joining our, our Fear the Walking Dead. I hope so. She quickly... <laughs> Geronimo! And that ends our final Flight 462 podcast. Good app. Good app. Oh. Sorry to say. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right. 
So the only other thing I had in my notes was Morgan cutting down the the hanging walker. Yeah, that, yeah. Which I, mean, I thought that wasting. was. I would, yeah, it's just like you know. I thought it was kind of funny because like when he cut him down, like you could hear him like clanging his way to the bottom. I don't know. Well, on the closed that, captions, it said thud or something, or body <laughs> thuds or something. I remember well, seeing even, that. Just kind of funny. I get why he climbed up there and took it out, but what was the whole reason? That was my issue of like, down? what is the thematic importance of this? Because clearly, we're spending a. He's clearing. Or did he need rope? He's clearing. Did he need a that's piece all. of rope for his horse. Maybe that's what it was. He just needed rope. All life is precious, Richard. I gotta clear. But that was unlife. Hold on, no, hold, hold on, because it we is. get a lot of the stuff that's leading up to the, the like. There's a lot of driving in this episode. There's a lot of driving, and it's true. And, there and is. we got we have like the repeated thing of like Rick's like you know we're not gonna engage. We'll just keep finding new routes and everything. And we get to see like from like conceptually, this is kind of neat to me, where where you get to see the saviors. You know, they're building in numbers. They're showing more and more. I don't know dexterity in the ways they can kind of block the path for for Rick, and you even have what what we mentioned Trevor from GTA Five, but you have this kind of recurring voice Stephen yeah, Ogg, Stephen Ogg yeah. who's who's making this kind of repeated mantra of it's like the last day on Earth for someone in Rick's Rick's RV. Like he's he's making a point that we are done with this, we need this to stop, and you're going to have to suffer for this. The time for negotiation is over, and they even have like this like some dead some guy who they kill eventually by hanging him. Like they they drag out this guy. That's the library. That's guy, the library yeah. guy. The library. Yeah, the last of them. Right. You know, it's mm-hmm. ideally that works where you kind of see Rick be, like you see you would see Rick losing his kind of his the semblance of calm that he has the kind of the overcompensation that you you've pointed out earlier of you know how just up on up he is on like being able to outmatch the saviors like you're you're seeing him lose this and it it just dragged like it didn't feel like it, it didn't feel like I was being like lured into some kind of trap that I would really appreciate from like how this episode set it up it just felt like this was a lot of stalling for me to get to the most significant portion of this episode if you did it like if you did it a couple times sure that's fine but because it dragged that out along with distracting us with the Carol Morgan stuff that we don't care about along with all the commercials obviously we can't get around (sighs) commercials but there were commercials and I'm watching it live so whatever it just it just made the episode drag down, and I've talked about this the past couple weeks. It feels like the past few weeks the pacing's just been off for this bat, this latter half of the season, which is not great. Like that's that's not a good thing. If I'm like if I'm bored by episodes of a show involving the zombie apocalypse and people with machine guns shooting at each other, I feel like I should be a little more engaged instead of dreading the moments of like oh we're back on the road through the woods again. Jeez, when are we gonna get off the road so we can meet this Negan character? Let's get there already, and it just. Uh... Well, and what's what's odd? This was yeah. a Nicotero directed episode, which we typically are extremely high on oh, overall. Yeah. He didn't have much to work it's with, just, though. It, gonna get, I mean, does, what, what is there in the script to work with? Some burning logs and what, groups of guys on top of pickup trucks. I mean, come on, he don't have much to work with there. The Walker chain thing—that's a cool idea. It looked cool, like good on them, and it looked pretty deadly for all right. Showing like that was like the clothes gag. on the I walkers like of the people they captured, and one of Michonne's like um, her braids. Or dreads on the walker, like that was some, you know, that's 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 evocative. It's very creepy. It's like, oh, I don't, I don't, I, you know, I wasn't expecting all of them to be dead or anything, but at the same time, I'm like, oh, that doesn't look good for that crew that got captured last week. But uh... yeah, I mean, it was a cool. I mean, obviously meant to send a message, and it you know, it it worked. Okay, let me ask yeah. you guys, what was the point of spray? But I think they could have done that in like one other, and they would have been good. Like maybe that and the burning log thing, and it would have been like, okay. 
these so guys mean it's business. that build up and yeah. along with again the carol morgan stuff that i just wasn't i wasn't enjoying this episode so it's like i i was very aware that okay i guess the last i thought negan was gonna come out in the cold open honestly when they had that big wide shot of them standing there i was like because they it seemed like they were looking at something then it just turned yeah. out they were looking at the empty yeah. road but i was like it's like negan just standing there like are we, is that what we're gonna see him and that didn't happen so I, so then i'm like all right so i guess it's gonna be the end of the episode it's not gonna be like the middle like we're not gonna see He's let me ask you this like, hey guys you, me. you mentioned like, him earlier you mentioned earlier this man. Why did they? What was the significance of spray painting the X on that one guy? Is it simply so we would know? Oh, that's the same guy from the previous time yeah, we saw yeah. him. Yeah, I think that's so because I, I was wondering myself. I'm like, what was that? I was like trying to figure out. Did he paint some cool symbol or something was, on him? No, it was it's just, a, just an like audience reminder, basically. <laughs> I expected after he. The, wasn't that the first time they encountered the saviors is when okay yeah. so what i expected was they painted an x on this guy and they were talking about how you know it was going to be somebody's last day on earth and i expected that saviors possibly to have a sniper like off camera hiding and they somebody would shoot mm-hmm. the x on the guy just to prove to rick and company that yeah. they're being watched That's and followed what I it seemed like a wasted opportunity. That would have made much more sense. Yeah, it seemed. Well, I think that I think having him show up again was not only that they're two steps ahead, Watching but they're literally yeah. following them, and they're and they're they're not just two steps ahead. Meaning they've thought of all the routes. They're actually traveling ahead of them on these no, routes. No, I get that. I get um, that. And, but the whole thing with spray painting the X seemed a little silly. I mean, he could have been wearing a you know, a, a recognizable shirt or a jacket or something, you know, maybe he's wearing a, a red and white stripe where's Waldo shirt or something. And you're going to see, you're going to notice, Oh, that's the guy from earlier. But you know, everybody's clothes are so drab now that they had to spray paint an X Which on is, the guy just so the viewers like, would like know. Said, <laughs> maybe it's a ritual that the saviors, you know, engage in that we'll see later on and they paint an X somebody you're, mar- you're I, marked for death I, or something. I mean, Brad, you mentioned that, yeah, the whistling. What, what you mentioned about, like, a sniper shooting him, like, even then, like, instead of, like, spray painting him, he could have just, I, if he just, like, walked up and, like, shot him in the leg, like, that sends a pretty good message right there as well. <laughs> like, and, and you'd probably recognize that guy later on if you see some guy just suddenly hanging with a hole in his leg. Like, just. Yeah, but if you spray paint an X on a guy and the sniper hits it dead center and they show that, I mean, that's going to say Well, if the intention wasn't to kill him until later, I mean, that would be the... As opposed to spray painting him and then shooting him dead center mass. Who is this guy again? You guys said some librarian guy. Who is this guy? Well, he mentioned in the cold open that he goes, you know, we got you from the library, and, and I'm the last one left in the library. It was... And that's the library that Carol ultimately ah, took okay. shelter in with Morgan. And where, where the guy was hanging, so he was part of the crew Got that was it. apparently camped out in the library that the saviors were okay. extorting for whatever. I, I don't I know what the, the library world was generating, but I was, I, I, I was like, "Is this some Alexandrian library?" Yeah. I don't know. Libraries generate knowledge. Well, knowledge is power, and all life is precious. Yeah, so, you know, we got that going for us. <laughs> but I guess it was trying to demonstrate. I mean, the saviors' uh, credo or, or their their methodology, their MO, as far as, you know, we encounter these groups, no matter where they are, we don't kill all of them, we may kill one or two, but we take their stuff, and we come back and take more of their stuff, and they were trying to reinforce that with this library yeah. thing, but obviously it was kind of subtle. All right, pee pants time. <laughs> I'm good. I'm... 
I like the buildup. I like the buildup. Yeah, I need this. to know what so, this means. I like the buildup of like yeah. you know, aside from how stupid it is, their plan to like let's run and we'll make it that way. Haha. <laughs> like the 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 whistling and the audio design and the kind of Rick's. As much as I don't prefer Crazy Rick, I do like Rick freaking out because he has no options left to him. Seeing that look, that look on Andrew Lincoln's face, like <laughs> I don't know yeah. what I can do yeah. as long as I protect Carl, though. Like that, yeah. I like that look. <laughs> That's something I've never been able to to buy. When Rick gets that deer in the headlights look on his face, I don't buy that for a second. So I'm always, really? I'm always assuming that he's putting a show on because I don't believe Rick is is going to snap that easily. I I don't know. I mean, Shone's there and Carl. I mean, those are the really two people he I, loves in this world. And Well, and he was broken down threatened. left and right this episode. I mean, he started with such confidence of, you tell him, wait for me, and I'll give him a deal, down to, you know, what he ended up being. I mean, it was the breaking down of his character emotionally and psychologically throughout the episode. And when he got to that point, I mean, I agree. There are times where Andy Lincoln, you know, I'm not buying what he's selling. But this time, it made sense. I, I'm I'm more in Brad's camp. I think it happened too quick. I, I think... He would have still been nervous, but I think not enough time had been had passed for him to go as confident as he was to have victory after victory after victory, and then to get in a jam over a period of a few hours, and for him to just because it wasn't like he was just like nervous, like he was distraught. Yeah, he was completely, like completely he was completely useless. Completely at that distraught. Point. What, what, but what are the and, other options for him? I, at that I point just for him to be so to be still be confident. I mean, every single person that he trusts. Is well, out there in, with him, st- st- sitting on their on their knees with a man threatening them with a baseball bat, and everyone's. I'm looking, but contrast it with Abraham. I'm looking at the right? I'm looking at the comic right now in this scene, and Rick's got a look on his face like I will kill you the first chance I get. He's not a basket case like he was on the TV the show. Thing, I, mean, I just don't buy that for a second. Those characters been different for a while as far as comic Rick and, and show Rick goes. Abraham is not a guy that gives in. That's not that, I know that, Abraham's not that guy. I'm not, I don't disbelieve Abraham in it for a second. Rick, I've seen him be a shambling mess before. Do I always believe it? Not necessarily, but it's not outside of his character to be a guy that's just, just lost it completely, especially when his son is involved, let alone every single person that's next to him. Yeah. Dis- disarmed, threatened with I just, but guns, I, I, big towering guy threatening them. I mean, he thinks his son is going to die. Like that's a thing that's on his mind. <laughs> right. Yeah, but look what look at Terminus. Right. I, I mean, was just thinking that. Right. The his response table. was they yeah, don't know who they're messing with, and things were pretty dire. The at position that point they were in too, was a little so. different. In Terminus, where um, they could still they were foraging weapons. They were like they were together to a point. They weren't they weren't disarmed. I guess mentally, we're here. There's no, there's no option for Rick. Like, there's no one's going to come out of the woods right now and save them. Like, that's not a cut. Yeah, but that's he's not at all a possibility. He's not going to lose it. He's not going to lose it completely like he, he did. I mean, he turned into a friggin' he, basket. Fair, case he didn't lose it completely. That, he did be like, "You could still stop this," until Negan like stopped him. Like, he did, he did try to shout that line. He handled know, it, it more way the <laughs> better than I would have. I'll tell you that right now. Regardless, let's Jeez. let's explain to Jordan what pee pants. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, Nate, when Negan makes his entrance, he's like, he, he says, so it, um, "What did he say?" So did is anybody peeing their pants, pants yet? Their pants he yet? says, yeah. you, "You almost be peeing your pants right now, or <laughs> yeah. something like that." And then he then he says, "Yep, seems real much, very yeah. much like pee pants time." Like, 
Yeah. And then he said, he said, it's PP Pants City real soon. The yeah. dialogue here uh, is almost verbatim minus the F-bombs uh, when you look at the comic. I mean, it's they were really, really, really yeah. faithful, and I was really, really happy about that. I mean, right down to him saying, you got no blank idea how not blank cool that is. I mean, it's just, it was, I loved this scene, absolutely loved it. There was only one bit of dialogue that we didn't get in the TV show that I kind of wish he would have gone through. Um, but, you know, it's like when he's trying to pick who he's going to choose. You know, uh, in the comic, he looks at uh, Maggie and Sophia, who is still alive in the comic, and says, Oh, mother and child, no way I can kill you. Looks at Carl, says... He makes the future serial killer remark here. He says, I can't kill you, you know. He looks at Glenn and says, I'm not going to kill you. I'm not going to be called a racist. No way. And he looks at Heath and says, same thing. Race card, not going to do that. Can't kill you, Rick. You're the leader. You're going to be a martyr. He went through all of this in the comic, and I was really hoping that we would see his thought process like that in on the TV show yeah. because I've always said, the governor was crazy. He was insane. Negan is not. He is the most sane person on the show probably at this point. And this thought process that we didn't get to see on the TV show that was in the comics really made him scarier to me as a character. He's rational. He's thinking this through. You know, we did see some of that. I don't want to kill you guys. I need you to work for me. You know, we saw some of that, but I think this dialogue that they left out of the TV show would have even made that, uh, would have driven that point home a little more. You know, I I read some uh, a review about somebody thinking uh, that Negan was a ridiculous character. He wasn't scary at all. I was laughing. I was, you know, he was making me laugh. He was funny. Well, they don't know where the story's going and because they haven't read the book and we all do obviously but i think this dialogue that we got in the comic that we didn't get in the show really would have cemented the fact that he's completely sane and that's why he's so scary there's a couple bits of dialogue that i i, I did appreciate quite a bit as far as being entertaining from negan um who i do find to be threatening just because it's hard not to be when you're carrying a bat like that and you have your you know, your heroes on their knees. But him saying what he has this line, and that's right out of the comics, I think, too. Um, and I, I do not appreciate you killing my men. Also, when I sent my people to kill your people for killing my people, <laughs> you killed more of my people. It's that kind of double talk that 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 excites me to a point because I know where this – I having read the comics, I know where this character is going. But seeing a show realize this version of the character – I look forward to that because honestly, Negan irritates me more than entertains me in the comic book. So I, I want to see what if the show can separate that for me, as opposed to doing the exact opposite with the governor, where I just hated everything the show did with the governor. Um, and even when he looks at like Abraham and he he looks at his beard and he says, "I got to shave this shit." Like that that killed me. That was maybe my favorite line, where he, like he realizes, <laughs> "Wow, beards do not look cool right now. I'm gonna shave mine off." Like that. There's there's a lot of things like what you're saying, Brad. He is he's a person that thinks. He may do it in a way that yeah. 
that may seem entertaining and I guess apparently ridiculous to some people, but there is a quiet menace that goes with a person that is completely sane and understanding of the situation he is in and tells it very straight. Which is why I said earlier, he does not lie. Like, he might be a, he's a great showman, but he's not a person that was, you know, facetious in how he says things. He says things for a purpose and for a reason and because they're probably going to happen the way they happen. I think what makes him stand out is he is rational, quote unquote rational. I, I get exactly what you're saying, and I don't disagree, but I'm just <laughs> qualifying Obviously, here. Yes, it's, uh, and calm, he, he's rational and calm in situations that do not call for it, and in in situations where he is about to enact heinous acts of one type or another. And it's that calmness in the face of I'm calm and you're terrified. And I'm totally cool with that. I'm going to act like this is the most normal. Like, I'm like I'm just going for coffee. Like, that's that's how he delivers these lines, at least in my head in the comic and in the few, few seconds I saw on the show. It's that calmness in the face of the storm that is behind him and everyone else can see that is the most terrifying. Yeah, because he's not, he's not a psychopath. He's a sociopath. <laughs> like, it's... <laughs> like, right, so right. He, he can be completely fine doing the things he does. It's just they're horrible things. By saying he's sane... To a degree. I mean, that doesn't mean that he's right in what he's doing. It just means he has this level of, like, understanding of the things he's doing, and he does them anyway. Right. Yeah, well, so and his, he's moral desensitized gone. himself to it. I mean, it, it, I mean he's pretty much, it, it's, it's just a process. It's a work process for him. He has to, when he encounters a new group, teach them a lesson. He's going to have to beat one of them to death with Lucille. It's not you know, something he necessarily looks forward to. He doesn't probably want to do it, but he doesn't have an emotion about it one way or another because it's a piece of work that he just I... does in his role. And, and and that's the way he sees it. And, I mean, it's just very, very, you know, cold and calculated, and it just goes to show that the character does have a level of intelligence to him. And... That's what's the most scariest is the fact that somebody could be intelligent and yet be that psychotic and insane at the same time. I, I look forward to what the reaction that. is from audiences so. next season when we see more of what he does because there are there are lines that he does draw, which are things that I actually do appreciate about the character. Um, we can get more specific when things come right. about, but it's not as if he does everything that's wrong for the sake of doing it because it's wrong. There are degrees as to why he's doing things and if you want to i don't know play negan's advocate uh, there is an understanding of why he is enacting what he's doing in this episode and if you want to look at it from a certain side rick and his people have been somewhat of the the you know antagonists in this scenario they might be you know they might be antagonizing horrible people but they are the ones that went after the saviors first it's not as it, I mean, yes, there's that kind of Daryl encounter with the Saviors, which seems more or less like bad things just happened in that day. But as far as we need to go out and kill Saviors, that was a thing that Rick enacted as opposed to Saviors came and did horrible things to us, so we need to get revenge. It was more of a Rick needs to make a deal with Hilltop, so in, in order to make that work, we're going to have to kill these people. As a result, Saviors don't like getting killed, <laughs> so now here we are. And their uh, numbers are a lot greater than Rick's group. I mean, they're as we see in this episode, especially. I mean, we thought they had a lot of people, but they really have a lot of people now, compared to the Alexandria. Said, if I was Rick at this point, 
I just say, screw it, guys. Let's go. Like, why are we in Alexandria? Let's get out. Like, great. We have a town. Whatever. There's crazy people here. Let's drive somewhere else. Let's go. Let's go to the. Let's go to the Appalachians. There's probably no, not as much walkers up there. We can find. <laughs> we, yeah. Where was uh? And what is it with the RV? The Every RV's time like you go to an worst, RV, it's like, a problem. That's like Every the worst single time. Could have taken. Like, <laughs> you see how slow it was? All right, look, let's back away from this thing. I mean, they need, they need something a little it, bit it more, like gas. you said, tactical. It, like, takes, I mean, anything's a problem for it. <laughs> it, it. Come on. It's always well, breaking down. And what I don't get, and I mean, I even didn't get this in the comics, why they stayed in Alexandria, because they're not yeah. far from D.C. And, I mean, think of all the security, secure facilities, all the stuff like that that's in Washington, D.C. Yeah, but have you ever had to try to park you know, in Alan... D.C.? It's terrible. Uh, well, uh, yeah, I mean... Or park yeah, an RV. Exactly. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you get that thing on DuPont Circle, yeah, you're screwed. But still, I'm just saying is, you know, Alexandria is a great for a stopover for a while, but first sign of trouble... Let's move on to what may be a much better situation. You thought a prison was nice. Well, what about, you know, the panic room if at the a, bottom of the If there's a militia camps? that's guarding <laughs> over a series of cities, I, I don't need to be a part of that city. <laughs> I'm going to move on. Yeah. Well, I mean, you also don't want to head towards a high, what was previously an extremely highly populated area as well because chances are if 90% of those, you know, if D.C. has a million or two million people and 90% of them are zombies. That's not not, a good ratio. That's true. We've we've seen that in Atlanta before. They pied pipered a whole bunch of a couple thousand of them into the middle of a ravine and set them on fire. If if Daryl had an RPG left, he could shoot one at the Washington Monument, corral them all around that, but no, we don't get any of that. (laughs) No RPGs left. (laughs) I was thinking there when they got to the last time they were blockaded. It's like, where's Daryl's RPG now? So, I personally, I I think Jeffrey D. Morgan was a perfect choice. I think the costuming and everything was great. I mean, even down to the <laughs> ascot thing that he has and the leather jacket. And I think Lucille was was perfect. I mean, that tightly wound. Uh, barbed wire on the bat like that was I kind of wish that it was awesome. Andrew Dice Clay um, at this point, honestly. <laughs> I'm just looking at this character, and it's like, it's <laughs> common. <laughs> you, you, know, you can draw a sense of scale, but I didn't see the scale with Jeffrey Dean Morgan versus the other characters. I know what Jeffrey Dean Morgan looks like. Yeah. And he could be an imposing figure. I've seen him be imposing in other movies. But, like, watching him here with his if his, his leather jacket and his, his red ascot thing, it's like the Dice Man could be pulling off his look just the same, and I'd probably have the same reaction to him. He's... He's fine. I look forward to seeing more <laughs> of Jeffrey Dean Morgan in this role. But for me, it wasn't the kind of be-all, end-all of, man, Negan's here. Can't wait for more Negan. It was more of like, all right, there's an actor I know to be competent in things. I look forward to seeing what else he does with it. I'm much happier with his portrayal as Negan than I am. Well, at that I point, he, he looks like the, the, the Negan. Like, I mean, me, that's, that helps oh, right there. Yes. <laughs> Tell yeah, I, I I expect there not to be any bearded flashbacks or whatever with Negan either, so that's a plus right there too. Don't hold your yeah. breath, Aaron. You never. He's know. already got a beard you in the present. Know. He's gonna sh- he's gonna shave that shit. So exactly. It's all, good. <laughs> all right. So does anybody? I mean, do we need anybody else have anything to say as far as Jeffrey D. Morgan, Negan, the speech, the whole nine yards, or do Are we get we? to do we get do we get to the nut cutting? 
Well, well, that's are we I, are we going to discuss who we think it is? Well, I, I think yeah. I mean, I think we. Well, might we as know well. who it's not, um, right? Well, I have so I have a couple theories. One, we got a first person perspective. Whoever it was didn't have any face in their hair or in their eyes. So, or any any hair, hair in their in eyes, face. hair in their face. So. If that if if truly this first person perspective was meant to be a representation of who it was, I think it's either Eugene, Aaron, or Abraham. I mean, I guess Sasha because the, because Sasha had her hair pulled back. Right. But even Glenn or Daryl, I, I would not. Da- apply but Daryl has that hair. Thing, honestly, yeah. I, I don't think that man makes any any bit of yeah. difference. Yeah. You think that was yes, just a was POV it, shot? Period. It's Glenn. I mean, we, I mean we, we can rule out people, right? We can rule out Carl. We can rule out Rick. And, and, and it's not Rick. Right those, those are the only ones that we can that we can rule out because he oh. says cut okay, the boy's so eye out and feed it to his father. It's not it's not Morgan right. or Carol. So those two <laughs> didn't get the bat. It's not Morgan. No. Well, yeah, it's not Morgan or Carol. No, here it's Glenn. I mean, it's obvious. It's not obvious though, and that's the whole point. It's not clear. It's not clear. I don't think so. I totally don't think so. Is is that whole point of view? I I'm thinking it's related to the same point of view that we saw um, when they were in the box. When you see them open the doors from that point of view, it looks like it's more from the right where Glenn was at. Mm. Um, On top of that, when he gets it in the comic, that's when Maggie starts to rise to become the character that she is now which is completely different yeah we, we've already, but she's already started that turn she has but i i really think that if they if for those reasons alone right there it's to carry maggie on further the second thing too is for those of us that are comic fans it would be very difficult i think for us to live on with a glenn we lived on with a carol character for beyond I, I don't know for me yeah, but I, I yeah, just, but we had some know. balance with that, Aaron. Whereas you know we didn't have an Andrew. Well, I, I mean, I think we can argue that for every single one of these, these characters, guys. it's either not alive or still alive in the comics versus the show. I mean, I think that goes everywhere. The other thing too is, have you heard the audio enhanced? You can hear anything when, you want to yeah. hear when you're listening yes. to that, Richard. Well, but here's the other thing: is I saw several people who are deaf. Posting about the closed captioning during that scene, where they actually say "Glenn" in uh, um, with an exclamation point, and it's right when you hear that female scream, which is obviously Maggie, and That's it's Maggie, said on right. the closed captioning in italics "Maggie," so, which means yeah, that was her here's, saying. Here's the, here's, here's the, you I, also yeah. you also right before that hear "Mum Mum Maggie." Which is exactly what Glenn says. Here's the thing: I, I, you don't hear that. I agree with Chubbs that I think it's probably Glenn. I have other thoughts of who it could be, also, but Glenn is like my number one on this. But I disagree with every reason why it could be with that you're saying here. It's not a, it's not a conspiracy theory. (laughs) If they wanted us to know it was Glenn, they'd let us know it was Glenn. They're not planting in little like audio clues and subtitles to, to reveal this thing. Kirkman said in Talking Dead that if you pay attention, there's <laughs> That's not the clues. He did say hands. that. The clues that he's yeah. talking about was the fact that it's not Rick and it's not Carl. 
Those are the only clues. Not to mention they've been foreshadowing this all the way since back in Terminus when they when they had the bat and they were almost going to hit him then. Later when you see Glenn with the bat, there's so many points Again, I'm not since Gimple I'm, took over that you see a bat and Glenn in the same that. scene. They did that for I us. I mean, it's obvious. They did that for you specifically, Richard, because you expect Glenn to die because that's who Negan killed in the comics. It was just two weeks ago that Dr. Denise died instead of and somebody else that would have died at that time in the comics. Right, exactly. See, I think it could be uh, Eugene, to be honest with you. I think they, they did some weird little goodbye to him I think it's a red in this herring, episode. You know, I think it's, with the I, music. Well, I think it still could be you Eugene, think that was? at the same time, I think it was a red herring to make you think it's possible. Because exactly, you know, he gave I the instructions on okay, how to make right. bullets, and everyone gave a tearful goodbye to him. It's like, all right, like I get it. You're like foreshadowing. It's a maybe. Good job. <laughs> I, it's a. Well, here's. The I thing. don't think the, the way that the show is going. I don't think going, they know. Okay, the way what I'm saying is the way the show is going. It's like they're going to kill somebody. Obviously, someone's dead, right? And we're going to see who it is in the first episode. The whole world is expecting it to be now that we've basically announced it right here on the show, Glenn. But this show has been playing tricks with us ever they, since they, the they dumpster. They tricked us to think we were going to see who died so, this episode. <laughs> exactly. They, they, so let's say my theory is this quickly is that, yes, the main character is going, is gone. But it will not be Glenn. But Glenn may still get the bat maybe in episode three or four of season seven. And that will be even more shocking, you know, when it happens then. That's what I think is going to uh, happen. I mean, I think Glenn is a possibility. I think Daryl's a big possibility. Uh, and it's, there's reasons why for both of these characters. Neither of them serve a purpose on this show anymore. They don't. I mean, Daryl, and we've talked about this before, when you took Beth away, that's really all he has. Carol's doing her own thing at this point. Like, he doesn't have much of a connection to her besides saying hi, Pookie, every once in a while. And the same thing with Glenn. It, it, without Maggie, there's no character there. There's nothing to go with him. And since Maggie has escalated in terms of what she's involved with, between negotiating the hilltop and being pregnant, she serves a bigger purpose on this show than the, per than the person that, that, that she is in love with. It, there's, there's, not, there's, no re there's no reason for these people to be here. Unless the writers have some great plots brewing for these characters, I don't know what it is that would say, hey, we definitely need to keep these guys around. We all have different thoughts. I guess that's the whole idea, right? Everyone's going to be talking be about this the whole I'd be okay, disappointed let's, if it's uh, like Rosita yeah, let, or Aaron or um, uh, what's his – not Eugene. Um, Abraham. Maybe Abraham. Abraham? But, I mean, he's just Abraham? They're more tertiary yeah. in form. I mean, they're not really significant people. So you think somebody has to go big time. Like one of the main core let's, group has to let's go. Let's play a game. Okay. Okay. Let's play a game. I'm gonna I'm gonna go through everybody, and I want you to tell me who you want it to be, and then I want you to tell me who you think it's gonna be. Aaron, mm. you're first. Who do you want it to be? Um, Daryl. <laughs> okay. Who do you think it's gonna be? Daryl or Glenn? You gotta pick I, one. It's, that's the one I pick. It's it's one of those two. That's who I think it's going to be. One of those two. Okay. Richard, who do you want it to be? Well, I want it to be <laughs> Father Gabriel, but that's not an option. <laughs> um, I, I, I kind of want it to be Abraham. Okay. Who do you think it's going to be? What, you think it's, it's, it's Glenn. Glenn. Russell, who do you want it yeah. to be? Ooh. Um... Man, 
I kind of, I kind of want it to be Glenn just, just for the impact, right? I mean, I think, honestly, I think of anybody, even honestly, more than Rick, even more than Carl, I think, I think Glenn getting it would have the most impact, at, at least right now, just because of uh, Maggie being pregnant and, you know, just kind of the heart that he's given to that, to that team for so long. I, 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 I think, you know, if you, if you want to add drama to the show, I think, I think that that would make for a, a, a good uh, situation. Who do you think it's going to be? I think it's going to be Abraham. Uh, and, and the reason I say that is just because he's had too many moments of clarity lately and had these uh. long speeches and reconciliations and talking about the future and stuff like that. And we've seen on this show time and time again, whenever somebody has something like that, they're, they're done. Like they're a goner. Um, so, so that's, that's kind of why I think I'm going to go ahead and give you mine because I'm with you. I want it to be Glenn. Not because I dislike the character, but because of every reason that you said. But unfortunately, I think it's going to be someone of of less consequence, either Rosita or Eugene. I don't think they've got the balls to kill Glenn. And they certainly are not going to kill Daryl. Uh, Jordan, how about you? Who do you want it to be? Well, I mean, I don't think I have the context to really say who I want it to be at this point. A lot can happen in a half a season with character plots and all that. I will give you who I think it will be, though, because I think... No, you're going to give me who you want it to be based on what you've seen. Based on what you've seen. Based on up to the the end of the last half season of the people who's there, I'm going to go... I, I honestly don't even know, based on the last half, last half season, who I would want it to be of any of them. I guess Rosita, like she's got some funny lines from time to time, but that's that's about it. That that's just that's okay. that's just what I can remember from a half season ago. Who I think it who will you... be though, and this is based on comics, but also the show up to this point and the stuff I know that has happened with this character in the time that I haven't seen. I think the dark horse here is Maggie. I think you kill off Maggie because you've built her up to be this political figure who is going to be very important. And by killing her, A, it's super shocking because you killed the pregnant woman and people like Maggie. But also, it completely cuts the legs out from that those political relationships and is going to force someone else to pick that up. And I think, I think everyone's so focused on Glenn and other characters, everyone kind of overlooks her. And I think from a narrative point of view, and granted, again, this is all without context, but from a narrative point of view and knowing where the story might go based on the comics, but also where they've been setting it up to go, killing her would be the most interesting thing to do. Whether they do that or not, I don't know, but I, I, I that's my vote. You would, I think you would, I actually you may, a, may agree with you a little bit on that. <laughs> I wouldn't, we but do, I think... We, we do and, hear and also, her scream, though. Well, we yeah, do, but if you hear yeah. her scream, it could be because there's a bat coming for her head. But, um... Or that just hit her head. But also, this is from a more practical point of view, they already have to deal with one infant character on the show and have reasons for that character to not be on screen or to be only on screen for uh, limited amounts of time. Do they really want to have to do that with two infant characters? It doesn't seem like they struggled very much with Judith. Well, but they they all, especially when the group was on the road. It's less when they're in Alexander. When the group was on the road... 
They constantly had to deal with constantly. stuff. Constantly? She's barely made a peep. She's been the most, like, non-annoying baby character I've ever seen in a television show or movie. But that's also <laughs> noteworthy in and of itself in that it's really weird. <laughs> fair, fair enough, but it's not as if, like, the, the show has to, like, suddenly make, like, drastic changes to deal with two children as if one children's been horrible for them. No, but, but even just from the point of view of working on a television show, when you have to work with children or animals, as the old adage goes, that just adds so much more work. Yeah, when I see scenes. those behind-the-scenes sequences hey, focusing on Judith, I'll be surprised, but I've heard nothing about her. <laughs> That's why you get a baby put a leash around it. Who's another person you have to pay. I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm going from a practical consideration here on that particular point. Hey. That's where you cut the line for the no budget right there, no babysitters. Hey, Jordan, full house, am I right? Uh, I've seen it. I haven't seen Fuller House yet, if, if there's a joke on, based on that. Fuller House. Okay. Craig, who do you want it to be? I want it to be Glenn, just to give closure to this whole issue, but I think it's going to be, at least if we're talking about in episode one of season seven, either, well, Eugene slash Abraham. I mean, I guess I can I can pick one if you really want me to, but it's one of those okay. two that went. And and I think, but I, like I said before, and I'll, I'll put my little asterisk on it, Glenn does not make it through the half of the season of season seven. He does have a date with Lucille, but I don't think I don't think that that date has occurred yet. I don't think they go to that well twice. Yeah, I think not, they're going to stretch yeah. Negan I, out though. I think he's a great character. They're going to probably play this character out a long time. You know, in, no, in I'm the not world. saying that. Oh, okay. I'm not saying they don't do that. I just don't think you're going to have okay. this dramatic bash beside the head or, scene with any of our characters more than once. I mean, that's plenty seems... of other things to do with Lucille. We'll put it that way. I, I just I just don't see that. I have a question now. Is that am I, is that good? Yeah. Can I ask a question now, I, Brad? Okay. That's it. Um, did, did anybody feel yes. that this was an emotionally heavy episode as much as the cast members decided to describe, just like they do every single season where they talk things up in the finale? That bugged no. me. No. That bugged the no. heck out of me, Aaron. You're right. Me they said, too. oh, my God, yeah. I got the script. I wanted to throw it away. I felt so torn. What? What happened? We, we don't even know who died. I mean, unless it's written in the script and we, we don't see it. What if every one of them I mean, got a copy of the script where it said they died? <laughs> <laughs> oh. No, don't, don't buy mean, any houses or maybe cars. Maybe they were upset that um, that they're gonna have this fade to black and not know who it is. Oh, maybe so that, that's why they were mad. Okay, they're they're all like, we need to know which one of the it is so we can start auditioning. Chandler Riggs tweeted either yesterday or today that uh, that even he he said I read the script six months ago and we still don't know who it is. He tweeted. I don't think. During the talk I don't think the writers I don't either. I, I, I don't agree. think they finalized it yet. Personally, <laughs> I think they're leaving themselves a huge, huge. Okay, so I guess let's get into this. I know, Aaron, you, you've you've kind of got yeah. a hard a hard out here pretty quick. Um, so we talked a little bit about it in the beginning of the episode, but here's my take on why I really was disappointed with the way the finale ended. I. I, again, I think all the Negan stuff was great. I think the fact that he was able to take his time and give that speech and kind of do his thing, I think that added a lot of dramatic tension. And the the more it happened, I was like, they're not going to show who who he kills. Like I just like the more like the more the further into it we got, the more I was convinced we're not going to know. And 
you know, part of it is I think expectations were set based on what we know of the crew and the cast and every everything you said. You know, that's tough because that's not fair to the show. Like you're you're taking external expectations and putting them on the show. But I really don't think that was the way to do it. I think if you're if you want if you end the show literally with one of those characters getting whacked getting beat over the over the head with that baseball bat and you just cut without allowing any other reactions you're living with that as an audience member for 6 months until that show comes back and you're just like twisted and torn over it to me the fact that they didn't do it in the finale says to me it's not going to be somebody core to the group and I'm just like, okay, whatever. And then when the show comes back, it'll happen and move on. And I don't think you're just going to have your audience wrestling with this fact. I mean, they they compare it to, oh, well, other shows have done cliffhangers. You know, look at, you know, and then they, you know, Kirkman even mentioned, or Gimple mentioned, you know, the, the end of, 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 uh, of season three with Star Trek and the Next Generation. And it's like, you know, Riker, you know, shouting, you know, fire, you know, it, 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 totally different situation. You knew who yes. was on both sides of that equation. Like we knew Picard was on the Borg ship. You knew the enterprise crew was on the enterprise. This is completely one-sided. It's like a cliffhanger where you don't even know what it's like. I don't even know what I'm cliffhanging about. I mean, yeah, somebody's going to die, but if it's, if it's Rosita, I could care less. Well, what, I mean, what I makes it the worst kind, it's the worst kind of dying. cliffhanger I mean, because to it's, be frank, everyone on the show in, you know, in the universe of the show knows what happened and the audience doesn't. It's not a. It's not a. It's not a mystery. There's not something that you right. can solve in the same way that the characters on the show are going to solve it. It's something that they are, they know and they're willingly holding back from you. And that's incredible. That's artistically dissatisfying. That's not a. That's not. That's not a way to wrap up a story. And I, I've read some quotes from Gimp where he says like, "Well, we for the, the the cliffhanger. The purpose of that was because you know that closes the story off. It doesn't matter who died. It just matters that the story closed. It's like the story didn't close. We didn't. There there was no. There's no." There's no, no emotional no, resonance I, yeah, that comes. From I totally it. disagree. Like there, we we realize, okay, yeah. this person did something to somebody. Everyone else but me knows that. That's that's not dramatically satisfying in any way. To to me as a viewer, what it says is, a we haven't negotiate renegotiated all the contracts, so we're going to see if maybe something falls apart in the off season, and maybe we have an easy out with somebody, or or b you know we're we're just doing this to to get everybody to to tune in to season you know so season 1 season 7 episode 1 has killer ratings right. and we'll just kill off somebody Monday. like All to me it just ratings. says like they want to set it, records yeah, it, uh, of, of ratings it, that's what that's what it, he's it, doing it, uh, he's, it, he's masking it in something else but that's not what's happening I, here i mean even if they decided i mean I, I don't mean to pick on poor rosita but if they decided to to kill rosita and that's who that's who got it I think overall, like on the scale of characters that give me a emotional response, she's on the lowest end of the spectrum, but I still would have had a very large, a pretty good emotional response just because all these other characters are seeing this character get beat to death with a baseball bat with wrapped in barbed wire. And, and it would have had this emotional response and you're, and again, for six months, you're carrying that. If it was somebody like a Glenn or a Daryl and that happened and they cut out, man, that rips your heart out for six months. And you're just like, you, you know, I still think you have to tune in the, the next episode just to see, okay, how is everybody going to react to this? 
And I, I just, I, I feel cheated. I mean, I think, you know, Jim summed it up best. I, I feel cheated. And, and Kirkman and, and Gimple can, you know, try and polish this up yeah. as much as they want. <laughs> but at the end of the day, I think I call bullcrap on it. I mean, I just, I, you know, that whole, oh, it's an end of one story and beginning of another. I don't buy that at all. I think it's it's either there's some kind of machinations behind the scenes or some sort of contractual thing that's going on or whatever. I don't I don't buy that that best served the story for them to do it this way. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they're 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 completely being altruistic about it. But I don't buy it. The show is uh, the show is very very notably you know it's plateaued for the first time ever. Right. I mean it it it's been breaking records for the past few years and now it's suddenly it's kind of evened out. I honestly think that might be a result of Fear the Walking Dead being too much of one thing, but that's a different story. But with that, I mean, you look at the Glenn thing, that was a highly rated episode. The next week was, uh, you know, did pretty well as well because they thought they were going to get an answer to that, but it wasn't. It was the whole Morgan Chronicles, <laughs> and then the ratings went down again. But then we got the review of Glenn, and that episode, that one went back up again. Then they kind of went down. I mean, it, I feel like it, it's more of a response to audiences are kind of getting a, a lot of walking dead stuff and we need to figure out ways to spice it up so this is our solution rather than one that rather than one that serves an artistic you know joy of like look at this idea guys what if we don't show it at all i don't think anyone's <laughs> saying that for the sake of like look how great this way idea was as far as how to serve our show well we serve our listeners i, I can say that and we did <laughs> yeah. do a poll all right, uh, but, but right before the, the this actually two weeks ago we started it because Aaron, you were generous enough to donate a Blu-ray set. Uh, it was a Fear the Walking Dead special edition Blu-ray set to our listeners, and we decided to have a fun way to, to figure out who it could be. We do a poll. You vote on who you thought was going to get killed in this episode, and we had over eighty-five people on our Facebook vote. Actually, excuse me, eighty-five people exactly vote for uh, their choice. And it could have either been Glenn, uh, Daryl, Maggie, Morgan, Other, or Carol. And those were the choices that they had. So out of those 85, we thought it would be fair because we, we, wanna, we want this actually our, our listeners to win. In this case, they didn't win by watching the episode last night. Uh, so if you will, yes, Aaron, you yes. said you have a random number generator, right? Okay. I have numbered each person just out of order, but 1 through 85. So if you can pick a number between 1 and 85... We will announce the winner because even though, you know, we don't know who exactly yeah, got killed, just, we lumped them all together. Someone's going to win this Blu-ray set tonight. In terms of having to narrow down the odds. But it's, but, well, well it's, everybody wins now. Well, technically That's it. it. Everybody's in the drawing now. Lower, yeah. But we're doing it anyway. And I should say, I, you know, I have a stack okay. of Blu-rays that we can put into, like, another contest uh, at the beginning if we want to keep this going <laughs> as far as, like, who actually predicted the right set of people. But we can pick – we can figure – we could do another poll yeah, we, we leading up to the beginning right of season now, seven. I have sure. Seventy-two. Yeah. Seventy-two. Okay, let me dig this up. Hang on one second here. Seventy-two goes to Mark Fortner. So congratulations, Mark Fortner. We'll get in touch with you. You have won the Fear the Walking Dead season one special edition Blu-ray. Congratulations. Thanks right. for voting. Well, good. With that said, guys, I got I got to get out of here. I know there's more to talk about. I I know those the listener the uh, the Facebook page yeah. feedback is you know we still got to go through that and everything. But I, I have to actually take off. But um, it, yeah, I gotta it's been great talking with myself, all you guys though. So. <laughs> I very I very much enjoy talking with Jordan and Brad and Chub Toad and these other you know these other jerks that are on here every week. So. Uh, <laughs> it's been, 
Nice to talk with you as well. But, uh, fear the walking. Fear the walking. <laughs> Take dead, care, right? Aaron. It's, uh, it's coming. So, so we'll, uh, it's it's on. It's a date next week. We got to see what happens with Flight Four Sixty Two. So next we've got a lot, might lot be planned. Yeah. Be next week, but we'll figure that out. But I'll be I'll be around. Okay, guys. Um, All right. <laughs> talking. Um, you can uh, you can find my podcast um, out now with Aaron and Abe on iTunes easily and everything. And I write about the show every week. I won't be covering Fear the Walking Dead, unfortunately. But uh, yeah, it's uh, been fun writing about the show, and I'll be back next season to write about it. But I will be here on the podcast still. So. Okay. Uh, good night. Yeah. Good night, guys. See ya. Take care, sir. Good night, Aaron. I'm gonna run as well, and uh, all I can say is listen to DC TV podcast where we give you the truth about Batman versus Superman, and Jim will give you all those details. I'll talk to you guys later. Bye, Richard. Take care, Chubb. Thanks for joining us. Okay. So before we get into Buster's. You go first. Okay, well, first off, I just want to say that it it thrills me to no end to know that you guys are still calling it Buster Ratings. Uh, you were the first one to start course, that, yes. weren't you? That was yes, you. Yes, I was. Yeah. I gave uh, I gave one of the zombies <laughs> in the pilot episode the name Buster because... Yeah, the one with the suit on, right? The, the one that was kind of creepy yeah, looking, looking. Because he yep. was mm-hmm. on the bus as Rick uh, strode by or galloped. No. What is What was the right, horse the doing horse. at that time? What was technically the horse? Was he just As Rick walking, passed by. He was trotting. I don't trotting know. Trotting by the bus, and it disturbed <laughs> this zombie, and so I referred to him as Buster uh, from that point on. That's so on. funny. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to know that you guys uh, are still doing that. My Buster rating. That was like six years ago. That was six years ago, I, yeah. and your legacy lives on. I mean, we still call it Buster to this day. I wonder if people, day. like new listeners, have you ever explained, you know, in the past few yeah. years what – where that name came from? I feel like we did within the I last year. we mentioned year. it one time. Like somebody asked and yeah, answered. Okay. It might have been on the Facebook page. It might have been on the show. Not well, sure. I'm responsible for that, and I'll take that, you know, as my uh, claim to fame. Oh, you know what we did? I bet that was, was in the when... episode one, the pilot episode of WDTV, right? That That's where that, that, that started. Yep, yeah. sure w- did. When we were doing Fear the Walking Dead, there was a lot of discussion about it because were we going to still call it Busters for a show that didn't have Busters? Right. That's what uh, we talked about it. Okay. We, we, we're going to call it Glory as we started with that. Did you watch Fear, Brad? Did you catch up with that? Unfortunately, uh... I watched it, yes. Okay, so you know the, for, the first girl we see turning into a zombie, Gloria, with it, that was appropriate. But then it somehow morphed into Toby's because Toby became the favorite character of the show, uh, Tobias, that, that young kid that was uh, the student at the school. Oh, okay. So I think we I think we we've pretty much stuck with Toby's ever since ever since he emerged as 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 our as the fan favorite character. Okay, cool. Well, did he get zombified? No, no, he didn't. See, not many people did, so we really couldn't name it after a zombie okay. yet. I mean, there wasn't that many zombies to deal with on on uh, on Fear, except for Gloria was one. But everybody wants Toby to return. That's the funny thing, and it's like he he's the most likable character, and they gave him like just two scenes. So we we want him to continue. We call him Toby's. Well, I was always hoping that Buster would make a return, like maybe they just saw him walking through a field or something. I thought that would have been awesome, but alas. Uh, my Buster rating for this episode, I'm going to give it a, a three. It it brought it way down for that dadgum uh, all life is precious subplot. I didn't care for it. Uh, I would have given it a four otherwise, but it gets a three for me. I would say Jordan, but I don't. I don't think you'll uh, you'll be I able really to like that last ninety seconds. But that's not enough to base a rating on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
Craig? I'll also do three and a quarter. I mean, um, yeah, th- th- this episode had some serious pacing problems, had some serious uh, lack of story. That whole Morgan Carroll subplot just stretched a nice one-hour episode, not even so nice, just a simple one-hour episode up to an hour and a half, which was needlessly done. Uh, the the threat was strange. You know, the, these groups blockading the road. Rick's group has been so much smarter than them, and they suddenly got got kind of stupid. I mean, yes, the Saviors outnumbered Rick's group tremendously. I mean, we're seeing now almost six to one. <laughs> they're outnumbered. So really, ultimately, you know, Rick's group is definitely going to be in some trouble, but they just didn't handle it very well this episode, and I, I, I thought it was the setup from the what the producers have done uh, and the actors have said, and I, I really don't want to hold that against it as far as a Buster rating is concerned, but they did set us up for somebody dying this episode, and it really didn't happen. Someone died, but they really didn't. We don't know who it is. It, it just was very strange, and um, yeah, it could have been better. I, don't, I think it was one of the weaker finales. 3.25 is my final Buster rating for season six. I'll give it a three. I, I, again, I think the, you know, like we talked about the Morgan Carroll stuff, I think the ending just really, really left me flat. I've, I've, I was left so flat at, at the ending that, uh, and, and again, I'm not judging it based on, you know, the, the what the crew and the cast have said. I'm just, be gauging it on like if this was any other show and it had a finale like this would i would that be satisfying to me and uh, the answer is no i got a message from aaron since he had to duck out before his buster rating he says three busters uh pacing problems aside the negan finale worked despite cliffhanger issues it's like the lowest rated episode i think like us as hosts have given an episode of the show in a, like a long time. I, I mean, haven't given anything you know, usually less than three and a half in a long time. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I've given something like a two and a half or, you know, but that was fairly far back. Like in, in the last couple of seasons, well, I, I granted I was off for about a season, but uh, I really haven't had anything fall this low. And I think again, um, I don't think it was a necessarily a bad episode. I think there were just too many things that just brought it down. So anyway, Well, this was a supersized episode of the TV show, and it was a supersized episode of the Walking Dead TV podcast. Uh, but Bradley, thank you for making your triumphant return to the show. Well, thanks for uh, inviting me. Craig uh, got in touch with me on Facebook, and I'm glad he did. Usually I don't uh, answer uh, Facebook messages from people I don't know or am friends with, but I'm glad I did because I recognized the name, and I was like, oh, Okay, and then I read what he said and was like, "Of course, I." Yeah, no, I was oh, like, "It's me." Yeah, it's that guy, other guy from Jersey, right? right. Yeah, okay, yeah. Uh, no, I, <laughs> um, this whets my appetite for more, uh, for getting back in the podcasting uh, world, and uh, I'm glad I'm glad I was here, and um, hopefully I can convince my friends Bill and Frank to uh, get back on the horse with me. Yes, please. Don't make me come up to Dallas. I was gonna say, don't make me. Don't make me have Jordan come up to Dallas. <laughs> this is true. You, uh, cool. the two of you guys, should make a road trip up here, and that'd be awesome. Yeah, we'll see. It's been a while since I've been up that way, so so maybe I'll maybe I'll. We'll For those of you that. wondering we'll what the heck goes. I'm even talking about, uh, I have a show that's been on hiatus for a while. It's called Half Hour Wasted. 
some of you uh, may know of it. It's the HHW in the HHW LOD podcast network. Exactly. Uh, so yeah. So hopefully, hopefully, Brad, if if even if if you don't bring come back to HHW LOD or to uh, half hour wasted, you hopefully can pop up here from time to time. Please do, uh, and may and maybe show up on some of the other stuff that we got going on. Uh, as always. Uh, check out hhwlod.com for not only the Walking Dead TV podcast, but uh, the podcast that I do, It's All Connected, uh, as well as the podcast that Jim uh, is the is the ringleader on. That's the DC TV podcast, which Rich uh, appears on quite often, as well as Mr. Daryl Taylor. Excellent, excellent. Um, as well, and Jim and I both uh, do podcasts over on Daryl Taylor's network at the Taylor Network of Podcasts.com. Uh, Jim does Nothing's On with uh, Donnie Salvo and Daryl Taylor. Uh, I got uh, pulled into a podcast that Daryl started called Gotham by Geeks, and it's myself, it's Chris Campbell, it's Mike Myers, and Daryl Taylor. So we've uh, we've got a few episodes in the can so far, so you can head over and check that out. Uh, as well as Aaron mentioned earlier, uh, Out Now with Aaron and Abe, you can search for that on iTunes. Um, as well as uh, following Aaron's writings. Uh, like you mentioned, he won't be writing his reviews for the young folks, but I imagine when uh, the Season 6 Blu-ray comes out, uh, he'll have a review of that up, so keep an eye out for that. Absolutely. Uh, so again, thanks everybody uh, for tuning in. Uh, we do have an email. If you want to send uh, an email to WDTV at HHWLOD.com, if you're not on the Facebooks and don't don't want to communicate that way, you can certainly send an email uh, and we'll be happy to cover that on the show. Um, yeah. So Jordan, I think it's I think it's only appropriate since you are back on the show that you leave us with a proper until there's no more room in hell uh, because I have done a uh, subpar it job of doing that so far. And so until there's no more room in hell on the dead walk the earth, remember incontinence is no laughing matter. Have a good week, everybody. <laughs> In the deserts of Sudan And the gardens of Japan From Milan to Yucatan Every woman's, every man your rhythm stick hit me hit me ich liebe dich hit me hit me hit me hit me with your rhythm stick hit me slowly hit me quick hit me hit me hit me in the wilds Of Bordeaux, Eskimo, Arapaho, move their body to and fro. Hit me with your rhythm stick. Hit me, hit me. Das ist gut, say fantastic. Hit me, hit me, hit me. Hit me with your rhythm stick. It's nice to be a lunatic. Hit me.
dock of Tiger Bay on the road to Mandalay from Bombay to Santa Fe over the hills and far away Hit me with your rhythm stick Hit me, hit me Says he won't He says Nick Hit me, hit me, hit me Hit me with your rhythm stick Two fat persons click, click, click Hit me, hit me, hit me Hit me, hit me, hit me Hit me, hit me, hit me 